Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. She got into my arms. She loves flowers. And I was like, I'm so sorry. She has autism. She was like, she's fine. Well, on Oliver Plunkett Street in the middle of broad daylight, there's a group of young men just getting high. For somebody coming in off an ambulance trolley, I have found that we physically do not have enough trolleys. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 Throw something out to you before we even kick off this morning. So it's that time of year where, you know, the kids will be going back to school soon, next few days, maybe week and a bit. And the last few spins, you're having the last few spins around Cork, maybe down into Kerry, maybe Waterford, that kind of way. And you can come across... A place you've never heard of before, a place you've never found before. And you go, would you take a look at this? Isn't the cutest little place? Little villages and hamlets and one street, one horse places. This is the time of year you discover them just before the kids going back to school. And you think, why didn't I discover this before? We're going to come down a few more Sundays or a few more Saturdays or a few more Afternoons. Is there anywhere like that that you have discovered um, quite by accident and you will go back there at the first opportunity? Just a thought to throw out there on a Monday morning. There's one that I discovered last year, um, having heard people talk about it since forever. And I will be going back there in a couple of weeks' time. It's not a town or a village, it's a place that so many people had talked about and and I will be going back there in a couple of weeks' time. So your charming little place that you discovered quite by accident that we'll always go back to. What's yours? All right, we'll come back. Just something light uh, to deal with on this Monday morning because we have such, such sad news to open with. The Iron Man, I remember when they brought it to y'all. Remember the excitement when it was announced years ago, that a few years ago, that the Iron Man was coming to y'all and until you're down there in the thick of it as I was uh, the first year it was there just reporting on it observing it for this program we did a big feature on it for this program when it was brought there first and it is an enormous event it is a world event it's a big big one and and Ironman is a huge sport worldwide and this was the weekend And last year, they were really scuppered by the weather. This year, well, the weather played another huge part in it, unfortunately, with Storm Betty arriving on Friday and into Saturday. So the whole thing was compressed into yesterday rather than the cross two days. And you'd been hopeful for them that the morning dawned well and yesterday was quite a lovely day. And then tragedy strikes. Bleak tragedy strikes. Two men died 
uh, in the very early part of the event. And the town, the region, the area, everybody is just reeling from it. This unspeakable tragedy that visits us in the middle of a global event of peak athletism, if you want my bad take on the language. Two people dead. Where do we go from here? What happened to them? How will we find out? Ralph Regal, Southern Correspondent of the Irish Independent, joins me. Uh, You'll have heard him in the morning news as well. Ralph, we, we know their names now, at least. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, the 65-year-old Ivan Chittenden, who is an executive um, from Toronto in Canada, uh, and it's understood that he was in Ireland on holiday with his family um, and competing in the All-Ironman was, was supposed to be one of the highlights of that holiday. The second deceased is a 44-year-old man called Brendan Wald. He's originally from County Meath, but he has been living in Solihull in Birmingham in the UK for a number of years so I mean to to have one person die as part of any sporting event is a shock but to have two die in these circumstances is, is, is nothing short of appalling Do we know what happened to them? Um, simple answer, we, we don't, PJ, in terms of the specifics. Um, um, in both cases, post-mortems are going to take place at Cork University Hospital today um, by the state pathologist's office. And I think that will very much inform what happens next. Certainly, they're being treated as tragedies. Certainly, there is a suggestion that definitely in one case, possibly in both cases, that there may have been medical emergencies as part of the backdrop to them getting into difficulty in the water. But whether both drowned or whether one drowned and the other may have had a cardiac incident, we simply don't know at this stage. But what we do know is that both incidents happened quite early yesterday morning. I think one happened shortly after 8 a.m. The other happened just before 9 a.m. So they very much happened at the start of uh, competitions in the Ironman and they both happened in the water element um, of the competition. Now that element had been changed Owing to the weather conditions, Storm Betty, they shortened the course, but the water was very rough. It certainly was. And I think anyone, PJ, that has seen um, social media images or video clips of the competitions, particularly the, the entrance going into the water, would realise just how challenging the conditions were. Of course, a lot of the elements of the Ironman were postponed from Saturday because, of course, you had Storm Betty on Friday night into the early hours of Saturday morning. And there was a significant amount of debris on elements of the course. So all the the elements of the Ironman were taking place on Sunday and I think a reflection of the conditions was the decision to reduce the length of the sea element from to 1.9 kilometers and talking to some of the competitors the, the most difficult part was the first couple of hundred meters into the water the waves were quite strong the current was quite strong mm. and i think a lot of people found that very difficult once there was a, a marker where swimmers turned and apparently once they made the turn everything was fine it was much easier uh, and much less challenging but i suppose the question is going to arise you know, it, it was shortened in terms of the, its duration, but should it have gone ahead at all? That's certainly one of the questions that's being asked locally. The other question that a lot of people have asked, and I think it is something that will probably be addressed over the next week or so, is whether in light of two confirmed fatalities, whether 
competitions should have been suspended. Mm-hmm. Certainly a lot of other sporting events, when there is a situation like that, um, immediately the event is suspended. And it led to quite incongruous scenes yesterday where people were celebrating having successfully completed the Ironman, yeah. an incredible feat, and people are fully justified to celebrate that type of achievement. But to have people celebrating on the streets and then they discovered a couple of minutes later that people had died, yeah. it certainly led to very, very strange atmosphere and very mixed emotions. Has there been any statement from organisers with regard to that, whether or not it should have been? Has the question been put to them whether or not it should have been allowed to Keep going it, on. it has, but there's but there's not been any response. They've not gone beyond um, a statement that was issued um, around lunchtime yesterday, PJ, where they were saying that they were saddened by the the deaths of two competitors, and they were paying tribute to the volunteers and the medical personnel who had done everything that they possibly could to assist these two individuals. And I think it's very important to say that um, you know the medical personnel, the safety crews, mm. the RNLI, the Coast Guard, and um, the Guardi. Everybody did everything that they possibly could to assist these two individuals. Unfortunately, they weren't able to save them. So, Ralph, we'll have post-mortems today, a file for the coroner's court with inquests one presumes in early 2024. Yeah, that's certainly the indication that we've been given, PJ, is that the, the post-mortems will take place in CUH today. A file will be prepared by the Guardi for the um, Cork Coroner's Court, and that's not expected before the early part of uh, 2024. All right. Ralph, thank you as always. Good morning, PJ. Ra- Thanks, Ralph. Ra- Ralph Regal from the Irish Independent. We think of everyone who was involved down there, but we think particularly of the families and friends and those who knew and loved Brendan Wall and Ivan Chittenden. Um, did I hear, maybe I'm wrong, did I hear that Mr. Wall had some familial connection to the area going back a generation? I don't know, I thought I did, but maybe that's changed. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Dara Fleming, you, you were down there yesterday watching the event uh, and you were tweeting about it. What an awful tragedy. Uh, did, did you get, did, at what point did you get a sense, Dara? that something was, was really wrong. Morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, like, it is, it's awful, you know. It's, it's you know, something like this happening on a day where you're where you're going out expecting to celebrate someone you love doing something incredible and then, you know, the family's having to deal with the reality of a very different uh, outcome is, is terrible. But, it's, it like, we, we found out quite early. Um, my friend was doing the swim, and we were kind of coming down the hill from the from the beach uh, to where you know they transition into the uh, the cycle, uh, and this was about I would say 15, 20 minutes into the swim, uh, two ambulances passed us with the the sirens blaring, um, and then there was several more uh, emergency vehicles passed a few minutes later, um, and at that point uh, we were getting you know text updates from different people we knew that were around the Ironman telling us that someone had drowned in the water and that was the first you know rumor I suppose that we got and that was only 15-16 minutes into the event and then as the day went down we got you know confirmation there was a second person um, and it's you know it's it's really uh, I think Ralph was saying there like in Congress because like while something truly awful has happened the the event continued to go on and people were still uh competing and people were still celebrating and it was very 
there was a lot of conflicting emotions because obviously your heart is breaking for the families who just lost people mm. but there's still this massive event taking place and it's just a very complicated situation it's a world event it's it mm. and how many competitors roughly Dara do you know Oh, I know. I know from like the full Ironman, there was about six hundred doing it. There'd be wow. more doing the half marathon than there was the pro mar. Uh, or sorry, the half Ironman. Then there's the the pro half Ironman. So mm. you're looking at over a thousand people doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. How did your friend do? Did did they finish? Yeah, yeah, no, he finished um, around 7 o'clock last night, So, we, and we were just, you know, in light of everything that uh, that happened yesterday, like, just happy to get him in, but um, I think, you know, naturally, once the rumours started happening during the swim, everyone was very anxious to get everyone out of the water, and once we were out of the water and onto the bikes, you know, um, people could kind of relax a bit, but there was still, an, you know, all day... Obviously, the day went on and you're cheering on the people you're cheering on for, but there was still that atmosphere of, like, you know, people have died at this event and that's mm-hmm. not an insignificant thing. Uh, were were like, the athletes aware, Dara, of what, of what had happened as they got on their bikes or got into the running gear? Were they aware? Um, I'm not certain. I know, like... Um, I know my friend knew, but I don't know if he knew straight away. Yeah. Uh, but there would have been chat between the the cyclists and stuff, and maybe some umpires might have let them know what the situation was. But it's hard to know for sure if everyone knew. Yeah. Um, and like you know, and then there's you know people who cross the line at the end, and they're delighted to have crossed the line, and that's when they find out people have died. And that's very like you know the the highs, the range of emotion there going yeah. from a super high to a. A shock like that is, uh, is isn't insignificant either. Like, I mean, it's an incredible achievement for your friend to complete and and complete in what sounds like a decent time, and then, you know, you the emotional high of doing that, and then the realization: well, someone didn't make it. Two people didn't didn't make it. Like, yeah, yeah. we've talked so many times about uh, mental health, Dara. You you and I. Like, how is mm. your friend? In realizing that he made it, but others didn't. How how is he? Did he, were you talking to him about it? Yeah, I was talking to him, and you know, like he he was still uh, he's like very tired after the event. So I don't even think it fully landed with him. Landed with him last night, like the like the the bravery and the the actual weight of what like two people dying at an event hadn't really landed with him yet. So I must I must have a talk with him later and see who he is, but. You know, it just, I suppose, it speaks to how dangerous these events are and the risk you're taking, uh, taking part in them. Like, there's no guarantee of your safety, no matter how much, you know, safety precautions are put into place. Um, they're really dangerous. So I think, you know, I, I don't know what's what's going to happen going forward, whether the event's going to continue to take place year on year, but mm. it, is a, it is a risk. And, you know, my heart definitely, like, goes out to the families who are dealing with this it's you know especially just for me what I've been thinking about is like it's a day that you're expecting to be really celebrating a massive achievement of your loved one and your reality turns to your loved one isn't coming back and that is really really unbelievably sad Um, and I think just people should focus on supporting the families rather than um, anything else indeed Dara thank you Dara Fleming yeah and again to remind ourselves Dara reckons the bones of a thousand people um, took part in the 
elements of the event. There was a pro event and there was a full event and there was a half event and all that. We think again and mention their names and remember their names. Brendan Wall and Ivan Chittenden. And as Ralph said, Mr. Chittenden had come from Toronto to take part. He'd brought his family over on holidays to Ireland and the highlight of that holiday was to be doing the Ironman Triathlon in Yall. Can you imagine? You can't, can you? What they are going through right now, today. 0818969696. Stephen says we should look at why the organisers should have cancelled the event in the light of this tragedy. If you look at the likes of Rally Ireland, they cancel if there's a tragedy. There was a swimmer on the news last night, a good swimmer, who said they were swimming against the tide. There's a lot we need to know. I did hear an interview to that effect, Stephen. They said it was very tough for the first couple of hundred metres, but then when you got out, you were okay. And out onto the main swim course itself, you were okay. And once you hit the turn, it was fine coming back in. So the start of the swim, certainly, and the video, there were different videos going around as to how rough it was but it certainly wasn't it wasn't flat calm put it that way John said you hear people saying it should be called off but why would you I don't know I do not know is the answer to that question should it have been called off your thoughts were very welcome should they have stopped it they could have stopped it straight away they could have just got people out of the water we're cancelling the event or they could have gone to the bike stop whatever but they haven't made a statement so far as to what why that decision or what influenced their decisions. But again, the most important thing are the two people, the two families, the two circles of friends, the two circles of loved ones. Those of Brendan Wall and Ivan Chittenden. Let's re- repeat their names for the last time. And again, I'm trying to pick up on the... I heard that Mr. Wall had connections locally. Um, is that wrong? I, I heard I heard he had. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Question 10. What county is the smallest in Ireland? Loud. My hands are shaking, Sarah. I don't know about you. My hands are rattling here. You're killing me here, lad. Please be loud. You said loud. <laughs> now I feel really bad oh, for no. making you wait to tell you you've just won 2,000 euros. It's a story watched from the UK today with some interest. The sentencing of Lucy Letby, who was convicted of murdering seven babies and wasn't in court and won't be in court for the sentencing, which means she won't have she won't be listening to the victim impact statements from the affected families. The Guardian is reporting overnight and, and other papers too that there may have been other cases and many other cases will now have to be looked at again. She's likely to get 
a whole life tariff. There is provision for that in, in British law, but she'll be uh, sentenced at some point today. So we keep an eye on that. If we get at it before the end of the programme, certainly let you know. 0818 96 96 96. Now I mentioned Storm Betty and some rain fell on Friday evening. There really was some. It was almost biblical for, for an hour or two. I was watching it out the back window. And then the video started coming in. Carrigaline got an awful doing on Friday evening. The main street, the usual places that you expect to get hit by floods when Carrigaline is affected. But Janeville, that brand new estate on the way in. So if you don't, don't know where Janeville is, as you drive into Carrigaline, there are two estates, there's a set of traffic lights and there were two estates, one to the left, one to the right. The one to the left is Janeville. It is huge. They're lovely houses, huge housing estate. But it's it's kind of down in a hole. And I remember when they were designing it and building it and, and developing it. Down the hole, lads. I hope it'll have great drainage. It does, as it turned out, because the, the floods, and I've got some videos that were sent in to us, um, of the, the the water came right up almost into people's houses um, on, on Friday evening. And it seems to have drained away as quickly as it came up, which would be a good thing. But it was a rough evening. Uh, Victor Shine, second officer with Cork City Fire Brigade. As always, guys, you were called into action, Victor. Good evening, or good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. It was a busy one Friday. Absolutely. You know, that period that you were speaking about when we got that torrential downpour, um, it was challenging for all the emergency services, both the city council roads crews and the fire service dealing with flooding and trees down and uh, all the other uh, things that go along with that, you know. So uh, that two-hour period um, was exceptionally busy and the crews handled it very well. Yeah. How many call-outs did you have? Can you estimate? There was an excess of 40 call-outs in wow. that period. And would they all have been for flooding and block drains and stuff? Everything from trees down to flooding to cables down, uh, block drains, water coming into people's houses and so on. You know, so there's a lot of pumping going on, clearing of drains. That's all parts of the city, as well as, as you mentioned, Carrig Line, Cross Haven and so on. You know, so it was, you know, an extensive area affected. One thing that can happen at this time of year, even though the summer has been a washout anyway, but one thing that can happen at this time of year is that drains and you know places where water can get out can get blocked up with dirt and debris and leaves and and old dried out stuff there from the summer was that the case this time did you have to clear drains was were the drains blocked yeah that would be it would be a kind of normal situation where road crews would have a maintenance program for clearing drains and so on but it was the volume of water coming down and mm. the size of pipe work you know for these exceptional circumstances it, um, the infrastructure can be overwhelmed and it's very difficult to, to plan for these unusual circumstances but um, any piece of debris over a drain from a paper bag to a piece of cardboard can actually affect these things dramatically so mm-hmm. again it's just having crews out there clearing it and getting the level zone as quickly as possible Yeah, and and everyone rallied to the pumps as always Victor and, and, and thank you guys for, for your work it did seem to subside side almost as quickly as it came up which was a good thing absolutely a lot of it would have to do with the tidal conditions as well you know so if the tides are on the way out um you're lucky that the water can drain into the rivers and so on but if you have a high tide and whether it's springs or neaps all different factors that can affect the the various floodplains that you have in the city so again 
due to the nature of the, the heavy downpour and the tidal conditions that the water did drain very quickly. So there was, um, you know... Mm. Well, low-lying areas, I expect, were worst affected. I'm thinking in particular of Janeville. I've never seen that happen in Janeville before. We call yeah, there's a lot of a lot of unusual areas. Um, South Terrace now, Toker, Dean Rock, all those kind of areas. Um, lots of areas affected. So, Cross Avon Road was flooded, Carrigaline was flooded, Jane was flooded, and so on. So it's it was everywhere. So, mm. okay. so the, the infrastructure was overwhelmed throughout the city and county. Yeah, thank, thankfully, there was no one injured. Was there was there damage to property? Did, did people have to face the unpleasant task of wringing out their carpets? There were, yeah. th- there were some properties um, affected by the floodwaters and uh, the crews were there pumping out uh, particular premises and so on, you know, so there was a bit of a, a recovery phase after the flooding. So, yeah. All right. Victor, as always, thanks to you and your crew uh, for the work that you do for us. Uh, Victor Shine, second officer for Cork City, Fire Brigade, so a busy one on Friday evening for for everyone. Can I just mention this, because if I don't, I'll forget it. It's one of these lovely things we're asked to mention on a Monday morning. Um, Congratulations to Gary Duff Outdoor Bowls Club. They won the OD Cup, the Intermediate League yesterday, playing Black Rock Bowls Club in Clontarf. It's a lovely sport. It is a lovely sport. I couldn't play it to save my life, but outdoor bowls, not bowling now that's out in the country not that or not 10 pin that's blowing the Coliseum no 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 this is bowls it's a lovely sedate game played on the lawn a game of massive skill so well done to Gary Duff Outdoor Bowls Club for that it's one of these things you could actually if you know Gary Duff and I live very near it but you could be wandering along with the dog and there'll be a fella playing or a a couple of people playing it's a lovely relaxing game to watch so it is but well done to Gary Duff. Just that Lucy Letby story. The more you read about it, and I was reading a lot at the weekend, the more you read about it, the, the the more bizarre it becomes. She's been convicted of seven murders, but they are reviewing dozens of cases. Dozens of babies who became seriously unwell while she was on shift at this hospital. And there's a lot of... Others are saying her... Some of her family and friends are saying she's completely innocent of any wrongdoing. She's very likely to serve a whole life tariff. It's something we don't have here. At least I don't believe we have. I know we have 40 years for the killing of a Garda in the line of duty, but we don't have a whole life tariff. She's likely to get a whole life tariff, which means she will never leave prison. She's currently... uh, in custody in the same jail as Rose West. Rose West was the last woman. She was the second last person to get a whole life tariff. Rose West has a whole life tariff. The other person, the only three women in the history of British law have gotten a whole life tariff. Rose West was the one that comes straight to mind. The other one was a woman called Joanna Dennehy. I know nothing about her, but it was to do with murders in Peterborough. But it looks like uh, Lucy Letby will join them as a, a, a whole life later today. Later today, she's due to be jailed. She's due to, well, she won't appear, but she's due to be sentenced at Manchester Crown Court. 0818 96 96. If we can shine a bit more light on that case uh, later this morning, then we will.
Where am I? Oh, yes. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96 FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. C96FM.ie On the Iron Man, Bernie says I'd love to hear or to know the reasoning behind why the event wasn't stopped after two people had died. Well, as Ralph Regal said earlier, Bernie, I'm sure it's a question will be put to organisers in the fullness of time. It has already been put to them, but they haven't said anything other than their initial statement where they offered their condolences to all those friends and family of the, the two men, Brendan and Ivan. Who, who passed away. But it's a question that will no doubt be asked repeatedly until an answer comes. Uh, Bernie, thank you. Uh, Dara on Storm Betty. Good morning, PJ. Friday was a disgrace from Met Aaron. The Met Office in the UK had published a name along with red status for Storm Betty at 9 o'clock Friday morning. It was two hours later before Met Aaron published the same from what I saw online. Why would a red warning for parts of the UK be only a yellow and orange for Ireland. I'm sure it will be common knowledge that we'll take more of a battering here in Ireland first. Depends on the direction the storm is coming from, Dara. But I did see and I did hear um, the British Bet office warning about Betty earlier on. I did hear a name. I heard the name in the very early hours of Friday morning, Storm Betty. Um, I think a status orange we had for Cork from from um, from Met Aaron. But thanks for your thanks for that. Thanks. Yeah, certainly there was red and dire warnings of damage for parts of the UK as Betty was was passing. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We're long overdue some good news this Monday morning. Do you remember? I was talking to Tracy um, months ago. Now it's last year. We're talking to Tracy, and Tracy was really, really trying and trying to have a baby. She really wanted to be a mummy, and she'd been trying so, so hard, at huge cost, both mentally and financially. Here's a reminder to when I spoke to Tracy. You're trying now since, what, 2020? Um, Yeah. And how many straws have you got left? Uh, None of them. I've used them all, yeah. So I have... Four embryos at the moment that are frozen. Oh, they're my last shot then. Yeah, so they're the last goals. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like every time you you do another one, you're excited and then you're scared and then you're like, oh Jesus, it's not going to work. And then mm. you go back to being happy and oh my God, it's going to work. And then you go back to being no, actually, it's not. And it's just ongoing the whole time. Like mm. any little twinge or anything you have after the transfer, you're like. Oh, I wonder, is that like a sign you're pregnant or is it a sign it's not working? Mm. Like your mind is just on overdrive all the time. It's it's very emotional. And and and, and if if not, Tracy, what then? I'll, I'll go again. I'll keep Will going you? until all those embryos are gone. Yeah, and if none of the four of them have worked, then financially and mentally, I can't do it anymore. 
right. that will be the incentive none of these four work but yeah I know it will obviously it'll be very tough if all four of them work out not to not to be Tracy they're three weeks old now congratulations they're actually six they were born eh? premature they were four weeks premature okay okay wonderful yeah. <laughs> so wonderful and, they're, and what are their names uh, Maya and AJ. Maya and AJ. Tell me all about Maya and AJ and their adventure to come into the world. You were, <laughs> and you're, you're kind of, this was one last throw of the dice the last time we talked. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. So um, I transferred two embryos the last time we were talking and they ended up being the twins. So I still have two embryos left if I decide I wanted to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it was a shock to say the least when it worked uh, I obviously thought it wasn't going to work again you know I didn't have any symptoms like the last couple of rounds and stuff mm. um, so I was like no it definitely hasn't worked like so the day I took the test then I seen the lines it was oh it was just unbelievable yeah and w- were you nervous then like that they might not come to term or whatever oh yeah Jesus you'd always have that fear so um obviously because I was they were done in the clinic you get an early scan so I got a scan when I was uh, 6 weeks pregnant and that's when I found out there was two of them. Okay. Yeah, so delighted. That was a surprise. <laughs> it was, yeah. I always wanted twins all my life so when I put back two I was hoping that they both would stick. Mm. Thankfully they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's so surreal still. <laughs> so were you were you minding yourself for for the nine months you were yeah like I was still working and stuff up until 30 weeks right um, and then when it got to 30 weeks then it started taking this toll on my body so I was in another hospital then for the rest of the five weeks before they came yeah and they they, they were they were premature was that to be expected or did you know uh, yeah they were always going to be a bit early but um, in the end my um, my kidneys weren't great they were uh, all starting to cause problems and stuff so they had to take them out then okay was that nerve-wracking? Yes. It was a bit, yeah. Um, I was told my section date would be the 19th and then it got moved um, to the 11th of July yeah. because they thought I had preeclampsia and then the morning of the 7th of July they came back to me after I was in severe pain all night with my back, I thought it was, but it was actually my kidneys and they were like, actually, they're coming today. I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, so the midwife was standing next to me and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to cry. She was like, I think I'm going to cry too. She was like, that was a shock. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I had to ring my sister then. She was my birthing partner and I was like, eh, actually, don't go to work today. I was like, they're coming today. So she was up in a heap then running around the place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and it was major emotions that morning. Yeah, and with, with them being uh, preemie, like, were you able to hold them? How how soon? Yeah, no, I was very lucky. They didn't need any NICU or anything. And okay. um, I had a little bit of jaundice, all right, but she was allowed to do the lights in the room with me, so they didn't have to go anywhere. And um, so, yeah, as soon as they were born, I was able to hold them and keep them till we left hospital. That was great. So yeah, I was haunted. Yeah, was yeah, great. so lucky. What, how's how's life as a mum of two? Yeah, it's grand. It's, it's busy enough, like, but I have loads of help. Um, yeah. So that that helps out an awful lot, and they're actually very good. Um, you literally just feed them, and they go back to sleep. So it'd be a different story now if one of them was colicky or reflux or something like that. But mm. no, they're actually very very good babies. And they're in good health and good shape and everything. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Everything was perfect with them. No problems at all. And how are you recovering? 
great yeah um yeah it was tough at the start like um i had a tough birth i ended up having to have a blood transfusion and stuff after the section and things and i was very sick um yeah so they actually asked my sister that she wanted to stay in the hospital with me Mm. so that she could help to look after you there I didn't know I was as sick as I was. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, can you? Yeah, you didn't know. Like, were you were you out of it or what? Did they did they? No, I know nothing about this. I'm just a man. Do they put you under for a cesarean or what? Did they do no? No. Uh, no, you get an epidural in your back, so right. you're numb from the waist down, okay. um, which they couldn't put in either. It took them an hour and twenty minutes to do it. Um, my poor sister was outside waiting to come in, thinking that they were after being born. Because they told her if there was problems that it would have been put to sleep and they would have been born without her being able to be there with me. Right. Um, so she could hear babies crying and she was like, oh, Jesus, they're asked to be born. But they just found it very hard to put in the epidural. Yeah. So they finally got it in anyway after an hour and 20 minutes. Um, normally takes like 15, 20 minutes. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was, it was like, a long oh, time oh, they couldn't there. They couldn't find that. That can happen, you know, that they, they couldn't find yeah. it. I had so much fluid um, at the time from all the swelling and stuff that they just couldn't get it into the right place. Yeah. Yeah, so afterwards then um, the nurses and the midwives were like, you're a totally different person to what you are on paper. Like They were like, we can't believe that you're sitting up and chatting away and talking to us because the, my stats on paper, I should have been in the high dependency unit. Really? Having people watching over me. Yeah, they said they couldn't get over that. The two people were the same people, like like M- Mother Nature had realised maybe that you have an important job to do and do pretty much on your own. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, <laughs> fun was one word for it. Yeah, no, I was fine. You know, I just felt tired and, and stuff, and yeah. I just assumed that's what it was. Like, but the, yeah, the, the, the thing that people uh, might might not remember here, the thing people might not remember here, Tracy is, and I probably should have said it. You're doing this on your own. There's no partner. You're doing this on your own. Uh, yeah, I can conceive them on my own, but halfway through my journey, I actually met um, a fella, and oh. he, uh, yeah, he was uh, all delighted for me to go ahead with my plan still. Okay. So yeah, so I do have a partner, but he's not the twins' dad. Okay. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> so I just make random. This you just you just made a dad out of night. <laughs> that he's yeah, hugely supportive and all that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant. So, you were, you were. I don't say you were, you were, you were never going to give up because that clip I played earlier on, like if the if the two that was implanted then didn't work, you were going to have one more go. But but it's brilliant. There's huge support out yeah. there for you, by the way. Uh, oh, lot, thanks a million. <laughs> lots lots of people thinking that how wonderful it is, you know, and 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 they're delighted for you. And Maya and AJ. All right, and a very, very proud mammy, and everybody else is really proud as well. And it would great. I was, uh, I'm so thrilled and so delighted for you. I really am. Now, I will tell you this: as as a father of twins, Tracy, can I give you oh, a, a small? I am, yeah. Can I give you a small bit of advice? Oh, do of course, yeah. The first twenty five and a half years, they're the hardest. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And don't do, don't do what I did when they were about six months, maybe, yeah, maybe they were even six months old. Don't, don't feed the wrong child in the middle of the night. I I did that. I did that.
that story. I did that. I, I, am, that, I am that soldier. But definitely with regard to the twins, yeah. Um, to the first 25 and a half years of the hardest. But I wish, I wish, you, the, I wish you the best with it, Tracy. Thanks for the Take care of yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. 0818 96 She is a support around her and love and care. And that's just fantastic. That's fantastic. Because when we spoke to her back, it was November. When we spoke to her back in November... Um, it was really like one more throw of the dice um, because I can't afford it mentally and I can't afford it financially and I can't afford it physically if this doesn't work. So I'm so thrilled for her. Tracy, Mum, Tamaya and AJ. Right. Yeah. Um, listen, the men still coming in uh, the reactions to what happened with Ryan Tuberty and Kevin Backhurst at RTE last week. Another story in the newspaper this morning now to do with uh, Kevin Backhurst, the new gaffer at RTE. A man who seems to be determined to pull the thing back by the scruff of the neck and take control of RTE and be a director general like a director general is supposed to be. Um, He's quoted in one of the papers this morning now as saying he will simply not deal with Noel Kelly. The agent, not face to face, not one to one. He won't negotiate with Noel Kelly. He doesn't have a problem if Noel Kelly is your agent and if Noel Kelly is advising. He doesn't have a problem with that. He can't have a problem with that. But he won't negotiate with Noel Kelly, which is an interesting development. I'm gutted over what happened to Ryan Tuberty, says this on the phone. I was reading about Kevin Backhurst in the Sun yesterday and he said about pay cuts, uh, something along the lines of if they don't like it, they know where to go. There's a lot of talk about public service broadcasting at the moment, but isn't it a public service to be kind? I can only imagine how Ryan Tuberty feels after not just losing his job, but also being the face of all these pay cuts. What I think you mean is, yes, um, Kevin Backhurst has also said that the days of astronomical salaries could well be over. The deal that was on the table for Tuberty was 170 thousand a year which for a national daily radio program is in or around a going rate in or around a very basic going rate Um, and if that deal had been done then the next time Joe Duffy's contract came up, the next time Claire Bourne's contract came up the next time, you name them, Mary McAllen the next time any of them contracts come up um, Kevin Beckhurst would have said right, well that's on the table Take your leave. 0818 96 96 96. On the charming place that you have found and would love to go back to time and time again. Morphs in East Ferry. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a gorgeous place. Morphs in East Ferry. I think it was the Kelly family who owned the house on the other side. <clears throat> a stunning part of the world. That's not the Kelly family. Is that the... That's not the Kelly family who had some very cheesy hits in the 80s and 90s. Probably another Kelly family. Uh, right. I said I didn't know who Joanna Dennehy was or I hadn't heard of the Peterborough Ditch murders. Thanks for filling me in here. Happened in March of 2013 <clears throat> in Cambridgeshire in England. Three men were stabbed to death and bodies dumped in ditches outside Peterborough. Uh, There were two other men attacked in Hereford. They survived. And the woman 
was called the perpetrator the, was called Joanna Christine Dennehy, a woman from Cambridgeshire who was later sentenced to life imprisonment and given a whole life tariff. And with a name like Joanna Christine Dennehy, I wonder had she Irish connections? She could well have had. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. Yeah, Lorraine and Ross in the morning. I'm getting money. Money, 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 money. Oh my God. The money. On Cork's 96 FM. <laughs> the lines are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, John says that house opposite Morph's um, that I was talking about a while ago, the one down, yeah, Morph's and East Ferry, the house opposite. Uh, was it the Kelly family owned it? And, and John says, yes, it was. That's the hat that was owned by the Kelly family and it was bought afterward by Michael Fatley. But was it, what I'm asking John, was it, was it this, was it this Kelly family? Was it this Kelly family? They were German, I think. But they had a massive hit with that in the, back in the day, long ago. Just, does anybody know? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was that Kelly family. Cool. 0818 96 96 96. The number of the text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. And the email opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, over the weekend, it seems that the wildfires in Tenerife have died down. The weather changed a little bit over the weekend. They even had some rain. Uh, they had some torrential rain in Lanzarote on Sunday. Friends of ours or relations of ours who were on the way back were telling us their last day was spoiled by a downpour. But some rain did come and it seems to have uh, quietened down these wildfires across Tenerife. There was 12,000 people have been forced to evacuate their homes since the blaze broke out on Wednesday. It's spread across the northeastern part of the island. Now Dee Daniels is from Cork and is an entertainer in Tenerife and uh, she joins me. It's pretty calm where you are Dee. The, the, the resorts like Las Americas, Los Cristianos, Costa Deca they haven't been affected by this at all have they? Good morning to no, you. No, good morning Dee. How are you? Hi, yeah. yeah. Um, how you doing? I'm doing good thank you very much. Um, no they haven't really. It's life as normal. Um, they're by the pool, they're on the beach, they're in the mm. restaurants, they're in the bars. Um, weather-wise, it's hot. Yeah. Um, we do have a little bit of like, it looks like a bit of like a heat haze. I'm in the Adeki area. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, how I can see a heat haze over an ocean, but it's actually kind of like the white ash. Mm. Um, but the air pollution and, and the air is clear. It's not, you can just smell it a little yeah. bit. You it's know sitting I mean? over Tay Day, but is like it? It, 
It is. Well, oh, it's, yeah, it's different. It's that's at the north. The north side of that is where the um, pine forest, the fires are. Um, but the seaplanes are in action. Fourteen helicopters. The firefighters, the difficulty that is and the complication on the control is the wind, the strong winds and the heat, the temperatures. And like in this forestation area, it's very different to the south. Mm. Um, There's ravines and it's difficult to get at them, you know, with the helicopters and dumping the water. And um, they actually did also bring on, he's called Hercules, this four propeller plane um, looks like a monster, but he has um, the actual plane. The pilot is a, it's a fire retardant, you know, mm. that big red smoke stuff. So that's now here. So um, that should help with the situation as well. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's not a part of the island that has much tourism, is it? Although the capital is an attractive place to visit and that other, uh, in the, it's a yeah. lovely place to visit. Puerto de la Cruz, yeah, yeah, and Santa Cruz is the capital and Puerto de la Cruz and that area, yeah, it does have tourism. Mm. It's a different type of um, clientele go up there, slightly older. Um, it's a much greener place, obviously, because of the rain that they get in the north. They get a lot. I was very surprised when I was there last year. Actually, when we took the bus route, route, as you must do, you take the bus up to the capital. There's so much green here. I was amazed. An awful lot in the north because of the rainfall. Yeah, and because Chady sort of is in the middle to the west sort of side of the island, it dominates the, the climate. Yeah. Because it's you know it's been it's the highest mountain peak in Spain, so it's like um, it does dominate the climate. So we have less rainfall down here in the south. So and that rain you were talking about there in Lanzarote, I would hope to God we could get it. There were drops of rain, mm. and um, I wouldn't say <clears throat> definitely wasn't torrential. I don't know exactly what areas mm. it actually fell, but there were drops. But we need we need it would be a blessing if we could have that. What they had in Lanzarote. Yeah, because when you get rainstorms in that part of the world, like. We're talking storms. No, absolutely. Tundras. Tropical. Yeah. There's a a massive, down in Las Americas there, a fellow was shown for last year, it looks like a riverbed. It's not. It's a storm drain. Yeah. Oh, the Barranco. Yes. Yeah, in through Las Americas. It looks like, it's not a riverbed. It's a flipping storm drain. That's a storm drain? (laughs) You've no idea the water comes down when it comes down. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. You could do it. You could do it. We love it. We love it. Unfortunately, the tourists don't, but we do love it when we get the rain. How long are you there now, Dee? 25 years. Get away. I am. From my sins. <laughs> what? <laughs> I must have committed a few. Did you just go <laughs> out on spec to get a few gigs oh, and no, stay? Oh, no, no. I was happened? a holiday rep before that. So right. I was been different countries, working in different countries. And then um, they sent me to Tenerife. And I kind of reached the end of my tether with that. I was like, I need a change. Mm. And I've always been in the entertainment business anyway. So um, I branched into it and that's where I've stayed. Right. And right. love it. Absolutely mm. love it. It's a good... Again, I, there's a lot more entertainment and stuff down here in the south as well. Yeah. Is it a good place to north. live? I mean, you have the all year round climate, a bit of difference in the winter, all year round tourism, yes. all year round work for an entertainer. Yes. So is it a good place to yeah. live? Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I love it. As I said, I've been here that length of time and I love it, you know. It's a little bit more complicated now for people like um, due to the Brexit with the British passport to get work and to move here and to live. There's a lot of complications in paperwork and you have to so much finance and X, Y, Z, three different types of visas and to do it legally. It's, 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 it's a process. Whereas with an Irish passport, they're crying out for workers here. There, yeah. Crying out for bar and, and you'll workers get your, and restaurant the, and the the magic thing, isn't it? The mag the, the, the magic piece of paper is a thirty six hour contract, and like they're crying out for workers. Absolutely, there's adverts. It's called if anybody's listening and they fancy a change, gives a job. It's called G I Z, gives a job, and Tenerife, and they're always. Um, advertising I'm available or can you know what we need this and we need that and chefs and all sorts of work really yeah. you know and what's the, what's the um, pay like in terms of it's the cost of living is lower here than it is at home of course yeah but it's since the word COVID pandemic yeah. since worldwide everything's gone up the cost of everything is soared. So the cost of everything has gone up. Um, it would be, it would be, it has been a little difficult to find accommodation, but um, with some jobs, it comes with the job. And obviously the weather and everything, the whole general is, makes up for you do. Um, in general, it's a good living matching the cost of living you know what yeah, you are I have you I have you yeah yeah, yeah. You're, like you're not you're not planning to come home anytime soon and that's that's well, a vote of country well I'm coming home tomorrow are you <laughs> I am yeah I am just for a few days I've got a couple of things to do so and I've got family over cousins from from England they're over so we're um we're hooking up and having a family right. celebration all right. For a well, couple of days, and then I'm back again. Back to the good, grindstone. Good, good to talk to you, Dee, and stay safe out there. Costa Adeche, um, miles away from the fire, and all the places you might be going and might be thinking about going or might be planning to go in the next couple of weeks and months in, in Tenerife, Las Americas, Cristiana, Sadeche, all those places, they're miles from the fire and dead safe. And it looks as if the fire is under control. Now, now Pat O'Neill is on Gran Canaria. We've spoken before. Pat from Canary Islands Tips. It's been, we talked about this earlier in the summer, Pat. It's been a hot one and those fires were scary for a bit. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, they were very scary and they're becoming very frequent. But I suppose the good thing there is that mainland Spain is uh, on fire again this week, but it's not going to be... Um, that bad on the islands here, you know. I think they're talking about mid-30s is going to be the highest. And actually, that sounds good these days. It's crazy, you know. The, I was saying, like, 30s are the new 20s, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was over in Androti there a couple of weeks ago, it got into the low to mid-30s a couple of the days, and the humidity started to come up, and I thought, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable. Then my friends yeah. were there, subsequent to us and it got very uncomfortable for a few days they had to go in out of it that's unusual like yeah it's a, well actually it's become very normal this year you know right. if I go now if I go out now and I see it like 32 I kind of say oh god it's nice and cool well it's cooler you know yes um, which is crazy because I can never remember it being like that you saw but if it went over 30s it was very warm you know yeah you were um, there a while now weren't you yeah, yeah, I'm here a fair bit now, you know, so I kind of have a, a, a bit of an understanding, you know. But, um, like, these fires are 
becoming more frequent. But actually, uh, I don't know if they said it. Uh, they reckon that this one has been started intentionally. You know, that's the, the one that's, in that's how I got a. There was a news update. I subscribed to this Canarian Weekly news yeah. thing, and they're starting to sniff at that now. That they're they could well have been started deliberately. Yeah. Yeah, because they were saying that uh, there was another attempt in actually the same area that um, on the 15th of July, and this is looking very similar. And uh, what happens here with any fire, the uh, Garda Civil immediately start investigating, yeah. investigating, even as the fire is going. Yes. So they're reckon- yeah, so they're fairly sure that it was started intentionally. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of these fires... Uh, like there's always a human element in them anyway, you know. You remember the, the last one in La Palma? Yes. Uh, last one? They reckon that, yeah, there was a lot of kids in the container um, started that, well, not deliberately, you yes. know. Yes, yeah. Every, uh, everything here, around is as dry as tinder, so yeah, one sparked, that, like, in a way, which... That's, that's the problem. And there was one here in Gran Canaria last one, and believe it or not, it was started by a forestry worker, um, using some equipment, you know, so that was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, well, you can imagine a spark, even a, a spark, spark a spark from a power tool, bang, it's enough this time of year. Yeah, yeah, we had one here four years ago. Um, it was the biggest, I think, one of the biggest ever in Grand Canaria, and that was started by someone doing some welding up in the up in the hills, you know, which was crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very risky, but at the same time, you wouldn't change it as a place to live, would you, Pat? No, 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 not at all. Like uh, it's better than the rain, you know. But uh, no, no, I wouldn't change it for anything, you know. All right, and for people who are coming on holidays and have 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 trips booked, Tenerife D made it very clear there. The fire is yeah. a under control now, and b nowhere near where you generally go on holidays. It, it, now, yeah, would that be the same in 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 Gran Canaria? Yeah. It would. I mean, like, just to give you the latest stats there, PJ, like, there was 62,700 uh, Irish people landed in Canary Island airports uh, in July, and, like, 32,000 would have gone to Lanzarote, uh, and, but said there was about 15,000 went to Tenerife, so it's the second most popular. Mm. But, like, here in Gran Canary as well, uh, the most popular places are down south, like Clading, Les Mas Palomas, and they're all very low-lying and kind of very... There's no kind of forestry down there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so you're going to be safe. You know? That's like the thing in Lanzarote, because of the, because of the geography, there's very little to burn anyway. Exactly, <laughs> and it's very <laughs> and it's very low-lying, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, most, most places, most of the resorts are very, very safe. There is a big yeah. heat wave due, we're told, though, for mainland Spain this yeah, week, up into the yeah, 40s but, again. Yeah, I was looking at the Spanish news last night uh, on TV and up in northern areas, which is very unusual, you know. Mm. Um, like you would expect it in Seville and Malaga and all these places. But like you're getting 40 degrees now up in Galicia and places yes, like that. Yes, right. Valencia. And San Sebastian, I, I love San Sebastian, so I keep an eye to it. Like the, the yeah. high 30s in, in San Sebastian. Whoa. Yeah, that's um, that's just weird for that area, you know. So, I'm like the whole world is changing. I know... I know, like, uh, you know, people kind of create fires, but, like, uh, because of the heat, the conditions, no. it's, just so, it's just so dry at the moment, you know? Definitely things are changing. I mean, I was back in, the, in Lanzarote for the first time in 10 years now, and I noticed many different things in the weather. 
and the conditions. Yeah. Like the thing I noticed yeah. in particular, Pat, and it's in the time you, since you travelled out, maybe you've noticed it. There was always this thing in the Canaries that at night time, it would cool down and the wind yeah. would whip up and it would refresh the air. That, it would, don't, yeah. that don't happen anymore. No, no. I mean, like, I, my best friend here at the moment, I, I mean, like, I never needed a fan here uh, or air conditioning in Las Palmas, you know. It was always kind of Goldilocks weather, not too hot, not too That's cold, right, yeah. you know. And open the, uh, open, but, the, open the shutters at night and to refresh the house. Yeah, yeah. But I, I haven't had that. But, uh, I bought, like, this really kind of, I spent a bit of money on it, you know, and uh, I, oh my, after last year, I just couldn't go through another summer, like, without, without some kind of air, you know. That's right, yeah. Listen, yeah, yeah. The, 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 How did you get on in Lanzarote? Wait a minute, Ah, sure, listen, I went home, Pat. Home. That's, that's, yeah. that's my second home. Listen, yeah. <laughs> stay safe out there, fella, and uh, envy you your life in, in Grand Canaria and Dee Daniels in Tenerife. Um, and hello and good morning to people I met as well. And I forgot to mention this guy. I was in a place called Puerto Calero a couple of weeks ago, which is a nice sailing place. We went up, myself and the boy, for a, a submarine trip. We when we came back from the submarine we were having a bite of lunch it's a place called Finnegan's down on the harbour and it was a fellow with a broad Belfast accent was was serving and chatting to all the punters and I went off up to the bar to get a pint and went to the toilet and things like that went to the shop and I came back and my missus was engaged in conversation with this man and they were talking about Frankfield and they were talking about Douglas and they were talking about Lissadell and all those places and clearly this man had spent an awful lot of time in Cork and uh, he did he spent years now in Lanzarote he was in Abu Dhabi before that but we got chatting and I introduced myself and he looked at me and he goes you're not are you? I said I am and Bernard at Finnegan's in particular, who listens to us when he's prepping for the day's work in the pub and restaurant. Uh, we'll see you next year, fella. We'll see you next year. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. I had an email. I'll read it in a minute from someone who bought beds. They bought beds through Dundee and they now feel that they have been ripped off and they've sent a long email just to warn anyone else not to get caught like this. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a while. Um, but, oh, I, I, I do not believe that yet again we're coming to the end of August and I have an email in front of me and it's not the first. I have a message in front of me about school bus services. Tazzy, morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm so sorry that you're going through this, and I'm so sorry that yet again, the end of August brings out these stories because you're not the first and you won't be the last. Tell me what's been happening. Uh, So, last year, uh, I fought to get my son into junior infants, and I managed to get him into a autism class in a school that's four minutes up the way from me. Okay. So, as most people with children with autism know, you know, they recommend the bus. And I saw the difference myself when I was waiting for the bus to be approved and I was bringing him to and from. Um, He would melt down when I collected him because I couldn't be there first. And even if I was there early, there's still a queue in front of you of people that managed to get there even earlier. 
And then I'd get home and he'd sit in the car for two hours. When he started on the bus, I saw the change in him. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to this year, my other son needs to start junior infants. And it just made sense to send them to the same school. As I said, it's just four minutes up the way. So I applied for the bus because otherwise I'm literally going to be following the bus to the school and then racing home to get here before the bus as my oldest son is literally the first stop because we are that close. And it was denied saying that we are not the cl- it's not the closest school to us. What could be closer than four minutes? I don't know. I actually don't know which is the which is the closest school. I mean, to me, that that is the closest school. And are there are there there. other schools around, Tessie? There are, but it just doesn't make sense for me to send them to two different schools. They're Mm -hmm. so close. Um, My youngest son is on the waiting list for an autism assessment as well, but obviously he doesn't have any diagnosis, so he's just mainstream at the moment and they're just saying that there there's no service from the mainstream from us but there's a service from the town over and it's literally the town over yeah (laughs) it's it's so close is it a service specific bus that your other boy is on it's not the regular Uh, school bus no so it's the it, it is the autism bus but to me it looks like there's a couple spaces on it yeah but it's just crazy that I'm going to be having to rush home every day to make sure that I'm here before him. So you've got um, one boy going off on the bus. By bus Aaron. You, yeah, so you've got to put one young lad on the bus because that's the right way for him to travel. It suits him, it works for him and he's cared for on that bus. you got to get into your little car and drive behind that bus to bring your second son to the same school. Then at two o'clock you've got to drive up get to the school, get your first boy or your second boy and then drive home with him to be there to meet the bus that's coming with your other son. Yeah, and I've got to make sure that I'm here before them because they've got other children to obviously take home as well. Right. And no one seems to be listening. No. Yeah. When I phoned them up, they said to put an appeal through and so I did that and they just said, sorry, we don't have a service from your area. And I basically worded it very similar to what I sent into yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there isn't, there's no regular school bus. Not from where I am. Where, and and then and the nearest stop would be where? Uh, just the town over. I see, I see. Now the only stumbling block here seems to be, Tassie, that your your second lad doesn't have a diagnosis. Exactly. Yeah, that's probably going to be the stumbling block, unfortunately. But you say he's he's waiting on an assessment. He is. I've actually got an appointment on Wednesday with um, the West Cork Child Development Services um, for preparation for school and any extra services he may need whilst we are waiting for the assessment to right. be done. Right, right. Correct me if, if, if I'm reading your message right is, has someone tell, told you already, Tazzy, that he is neurodivergent? You just don't know what yes, nature, what the nature exactly. of that is. I see. I see. Yes, that's right. I see. So you're you're facing into a lot of travelling that you shouldn't really need to. Yeah, and it's not necessarily the travelling. It's 
just more the having to rush back before the bus yeah. and follow the bus. I mean, if I had both of them in the car, I wouldn't mind doing it. But it's made such a difference in my oldest son. <clears throat> and that's the important and thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Trans transport, I, I completely empathize here, Tessie, because transport for kids like that, whatever way it's done with the care on board and, and the mentors, and, and they, it's, it's fabulous for them. It really is fabulous. The transport is, is fantastic. We can't, as parents, explain why they love the bus, but they, they get upset <laughs> in the car. We can't explain that. You know? <laughs> I can empathize very much. I wish much. I could understand. I can empathize very much with that. With I really can. I really can. All I can do is wish you luck. It does seem a bit daft. This is this we would certainly file this under stuff that makes no sense. Yes, you know? exactly. It does make no sense. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know what else to what else to yeah. do <laughs> other than literally rush back yeah. after school. I know. I know, I know, I know. Possibly, possibly the lack of an actual diagnosis is what's holding up your second lad. That's the problem. Yeah, but even without a diagnosis, it's still silly for me to have to rush back. Oh, like it that. is. It is. When I'm literally four minutes down the way and you're Indeed. telling me it's because it's not the nearest school. Yeah, and do, do you know? Of Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Of a school that's nearer, that's the thing. There is another school that's nearer, but to me, it's about the same distance. Yeah. Yeah, and why would you want to? Why why would you want two boys going to two different schools just to suit the department? Exactly, and they are so close. They are very very close. Of course they are. Of course they are. All right, Tessie, I guarantee you, you will not be the first of this uh, season. It happens every year. Thanks for that, and best of luck. Let me know. Come back to me and let me know how you get on with that. But she's got one young lad already going to a school. He's in the autism class. He gets picked up on the bus. Brought to and from the special bus. Her other boy, who was waiting on an assessment, 
he has to be driven. So she's now facing, think about this now, <clears throat> the buses, or the, the, the school is four minutes right away. She's now facing putting her eldest lad, who's going into high babies, he'll go on the bus with the, the crew on the bus and he'll be brought to school. Then she's got to drive behind the bus with his brother, bring his brother to school. Then in the afternoon, she's got to get into her car again and drive up and pick up the brother and get home before the eldest is back on his bus. That's what she's facing. 0818 96 96 96. Like we said, it's, it, it kind of files gets filed under the things that make no sense. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Question 10. What county is the smallest in Ireland? Loud. My hands are shaking. Sarah, I don't know about you. My hands are rattling here. You're killing me here, lad. Please be loud. You said loud. <laughs> now I feel really bad oh, for no. making you wait to tell you you've just won 2,000 euros. Oh, <laughs> shut up! I'm in love with the money. Yes! And shoot your boom shakalaka. Yes! Sarah, you've just won 2,000 euros. Oh, my God. Thanks so much. Two grand minutes. I'm getting money. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. The money. On Cork's 96 FM. Quick word of congratulations. I didn't get down there. Uh, look forward to getting there next year when it's back again. The second annual Spike Island Literary, Literary Festival took place over the weekend. And from what I'm told, was a fabulous success with great writers Great Irish, great Cork writers gathering for uh, what is now an established literary festival. Looking a lot at the kind of books I love, crime and mystery and that kind of thing. Um, and they had a fabulous weekend down in Spike. I know Michelle, Michelle Dunn, the organiser, had invited me down. Couldn't unfortunately make it. But best of luck and I'll see you next year. 0818 96 96 96. Now... If you're trying to save money in a bank in this country, the returns are fairly pathetic. And even though the mortgage rates have climbed and the interest rates we're paying on our borrowings have climbed, the interest rates on savings are nothing like it whatsoever. And we are way, way lower than the UK and parts of Europe. And a lot of people were saying to the government of late and to the central bank of late, can you not just get the banks to cop on? Give us a couple of quid more on our savings. Pascal Donoghue's answer to that um, is to suggest, well, you know, you can always put your money into another bank somewhere else where they're paying better interest rates. That seems to be the answer of the Minister for Public Expenditure. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor, the Irish Independent, seems to be dodging the question here, doesn't he, Charlie? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. He does, and that went down very badly uh, among people who responded to me. They think, I mean, what's the minister at here? The government, uh, we, you know, we, we bailed out these banks, 63 billion euros, one of the most expensive bailouts in world history per capita. Uh, um 
you know, uh, we still have a large chunk of, of the shareholding in AIB and Permanent TSB. Uh, we own near, less than half of AIB, but more than half of Permanent TSB. You know, and um, basically what's going on here, I mean, the banks are exploiting a situation where the European Central Bank rate has gone up 11 times. They can put money that they have in household savings on deposit with the European Central Bank and earn hefty money on it. And they can fund their mortgages with the money they have from household savers. And and they're seen to be shortchanging people, offering meager returns for those people lucky enough to have some savings. It's, it ain't me, but some people, a yeah. lot of people out there have savings, BJ. 151 billion euros in household savings. Most of it's sitting in current accounts. Most of it's sitting in what's called demand accounts, where you can get it immediately without penalty. And pay, being paid nothing, little or nothing, uh, for the most part, being paid absolutely nothing. And as you said in, in your introduction, we have some of the worst savings rates in Europe, really rubbish savings rates, even with their, our own state scheme. I mean, this is the richness of government ministers given out, and Simon Harris was given out, the Minister for Further Education as well, describing our banks as laggards. Mm. Um our own state savings scheme, which is state-owned, uh, th- these are the bonds and certs you buy in the post office. It's managed by the National Treasury Management Agency. It's a state body. It's all state. There's one in, there was one increase in those uh, the rates paid on those savings schemes in 16 years. One increase in 16 years, and the increase was tiny as well. So they're paying little or nothing as well, bugger all, you might say. So kind of rich for the government to be given out about the banks when, the, you know, the, the schemes they have, the state schemes are pretty rubbish as well. So savers are very, very annoyed, think they're getting, a, um, you know, the, 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 the short end of the stick here. If Pascal Donoghue has one reputation in politics, it is as a man who chooses his words carefully, very carefully. What, what, what do you think he's thinking? Instead of turning around to the banks and saying, like you just said, you know, we bailed you people out with the taxpayers' money. You could do better for them. Instead of do- saying that, he's saying, "Well, put your bank, put your money into a bank somewhere else." What's he thinking? You inside I his head at all? I think what he's trying all? to do is, yeah, I think what he's trying to do. I mean, it's 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 not a very competitive situation with the loss of two big banks in this market. And I think what he's trying to do is just force the Irish banks to um, give better rates by kind of encouraging people to look outside of Ireland for, for savings rates that are better, and which you can do. It's not without complications, but you can do that, you know, rather than calling the banks in, as they did in the past on mortgage rates, and, you know, wagging a finger at them and saying, listen, lads, you will do better here. We look after you. You look after the punters here. But so I, that's what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to force the banks to have to increase their uh, savings rates if there's an outflow of money. And, you know, if a lot of money goes into a, a bank in Germany or something where you can get a better rate. And you can do that. There are kind of brokers in this country who can who can funnel money for you uh, from Ireland into a bank across Europe. And it's protected under, say, you know, the deposit schemes of up to €100,000. Look, you, you could get 4% by putting money into a, an Italian bank. Mm. Um, you know, Britain is not an option because it's not in the European Union. Um but, you know, there is options. And I think that's what he's thinking. He's just thinking, you know, if, if there's a big, if, if, if 30, 40 billion euros or even 10 billion euros of that 151 billion euros in household savings, if that starts flowing out, the banks here will go, oh, 
we don't want that, we'll pay more. Because they, mm. they do have some rates which are paying about 2%, but they're for a limited period, there's a lot of conditions attached. So they can offer more, uh, and they probably will have to offer more when they get back from their holidays in the next two weeks, I'd, or next couple of weeks, I'd say they'll, be, they, they, they'll feel the pressure and offer offer more. So I think he's just trying to put pressure on them, to be honest, but it it, it went down badly. With no, it did. Is, is, it safe not, to, not approach. is it safe to shift your money abroad? Like I said, to an, an Italian bank or a Spanish bank or a French bank, is it safe, Charlie? Yeah, it is. I mean, because you you know when we had the global financial collapse, you know we had we 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 bore a big chunk of that. I mean, we had a very severe, uh, great financial collapse here in two thousand and nine. On uh, the European Union was quick to, to introduce what it called the deposit guarantee scheme, and 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 that applies to banks across Europe. So. You're, 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 you're guaranteed up to 100,000 euros if that institution fails. Supposing you put money into a bank in Italy called BFF and you can get 4%. Now, 4% is absolutely brilliant. That's a big return compared to what you get here. But you're guaranteed up to 100,000 euros. Um, and, you know, that, that, that if anything goes wrong with that bank, if it collapses in any way, uh, you, you know, the, the, that money is protected. You, you're, you're not going to lose it. The problem, I suppose, there's two problems putting money abroad, PJ. People don't like having to deal with a bank outside of Ireland. That's number one. Number two, it sometimes gets messy around withholding tax. You know, like in Spain, you have to pay 19% withholding tax. And then any interest you earn, you know, you'll have to pay 33% dirt interest here. So you have to submit a form to the tax authority. So, you know, you can kind of, in somebody, some of these cases, you can you can get a form declaring that you, you're not, for example, if you put money into a Spanish bank, you can get a form declaring that you're investing from abroad and that reduces the withholding tax to zero. But you'll still have to f- submit a form to revenue, Form 11 is yeah. called declare the interest you pay and pay dirt on it. So, you know, it's not as easy as, as, as here. It's, it's slightly more complicated. So that's why mm. people are very reluctant to do it. And, and when we were burnt back in 2009, people are going, uh, Yeah, know, people are half but, afraid and you, you, you can easily yeah. see why they will be. The other thing is, there are places a bit, shall we say, more off the beaten track, Lithuania, Latvia. There would seem to be good gains to be had there. But would you, Yeah, again, they fall into the European, you know, they're, 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 those countries fall under the, 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 they're in the euro, those countries, so they, and, and the, you know, the, this deposit guarantee is there, and they can, some of those offer very juicy rates, um, but, you know, the, the, there's a there's a, a deposit broker called um, Raisin Bank, for example, an online broker portal that compares returns across the continent, and they don't pay, they don't charge you a fee, I mean, it's worth looking at, you know, obviously, don't put all your eggs into, 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 mm. into the one basket, but it's an option for people, you know. If you're if you want to do that, that, that there's a way of getting a better return. It would also help if a lot of money, as I say, flows out of the banks here to put yeah. some manners on their own banks. Yeah, people got stung though, didn't they, in Cyprus the last time that there was a crisis because the Cyprus said, "Yeah, well, you've got savings here, right? You can only take so much out now because we need money to run our banks." Didn't yeah, they? Didn't they? The, hair haircut is the, the word. Yeah, there was a bit of a haircut. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, you know, I think that's why people are just, you know, they might get nothing off the bank here, but they're reluctant to 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 do anything about it. I mean, the alternative is take your money out of the current account. There's a lot of money sitting in current accounts and deposit accounts, and all the banks have 
at least one or sometimes two or three rates that are better. But you know you have to put the money in for a year or whatever. Uh, and as I say, they're up to they're, they're all offering around two percent on those. So that's a painless thing to do. Just get onto your bank, shift some of the money out of the current account or the demand deposit account, put it into a one-year fixed rate account, and you get two percent. Now. The problem here is inflation is still very high. It's over 5%. And you do have to pay dirt on anything yeah. you earn. But at least you're going to get something back. And you don't have to put it into Lithuania or Cyprus or whatever to get that. Yeah. All right. But Pascal Donahue, thank you uh, for that. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent. Pascal Donahue telling us, put your money overseas. Charlie seems to think he might be trying to quietly force the hands of the Irish banks because if people start taking their money and putting it into other banks the Irish banks might come under a bit of pressure didn't go down well though 0818 96 96 96 I watched a TED talk uh, over the weekend and this morning um, where the man who's been on the programme before uh, a couple of times and always a very popular contributor um, who has um, he has earned for himself the name of Washing machine man. Enda O'Doherty, good morning. Good morning, PJ. It still makes me laugh. All these years later, it still makes me laugh. The washing machine man. The yeah, that's machine. me. <laughs> yeah, he was a fellow who used to come on a Saturday morning in greasy overalls and try and get the fan belt going or the, the belt back on the drive. But this, that was you're, it. You're the fellow who carried a washing machine. Remind us again, Enda, where the whole thing came from. Why did yeah. you end up carrying a washing machine around the place? Well, I carried a washing machine. I did nine marathons in eight days. I carried my washing machine, as my wife calls PJ, Midlife Crisis Part 1. I carried it from Belfast to Waterford, the length of Ireland. It was nine marathons in eight days, and it was a simple mental health message. It was to say to people who are struggling or carrying a hidden load, put it down, ask for help. Um, tragically, this week in Ireland, we lose eight lives to suicide, and many of those people take their lives because they think the load they're carrying is just unbearable, and they don't put it down. I suppose the other thing is the washing machine, you couldn't miss it on my back and my message was, you know, somebody who you meet and smiles today and is in great form could be carrying a huge load and sometimes that load is invisible. So that was Midlife Crisis Part 1. Part 2 was, uh, as mad as it sounds anyone listening to this, if you look out the window of your car now or your office and you can see some clouds, um, I ended up three days walk above the clouds in Africa in Kilimanjaro with the washing machine on my back and uh, what an adventure and I can't barely carry a washing machine across the kitchen <laughs> yeah without a trolley <laughs> well PJ I'm not as stupid I tell my kids the whole time I'm not as stupid as I look the first thing I did was I got a lump hammer and knocked as many bits out of it as I could right? <laughs> but, but the point is this I'm sure on your desk there in the studio you have a pen Yes. And that pen, in no way would you consider it heavy, right? Yeah. But if you extend your arm and hold that pen long enough, that'll take your shoulder off. Yes. And the thing about it is when, you know, if someone's suffering or carrying a problem or a worry, you know, I always say to people, I urge them, you know, look for help, talk to someone, because it's not the size of the problem sometimes, it's the duration you're carrying it. And, and different problems, you know, can mean different things to different people. Something that's insignificant to you or I, and we could brush off and deal with for someone else, it can be crushing. And it's, um, it's you know, like, the, I think what I really, what I was saying on the journey is we're all fragile, we're all, we're all human, you know? Yes. Yeah. Again, having watched the talk and and knowing, having spoken to you before, you kind of, I'm I'm one of these people, I watch motivational TED Talks and motivational lectures and I goes, yeah, 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 come on, come on, we can all get up, we can all write a script. 
yeah. and go up there and, and talk at a room for 10 minutes. And you run the risk of being accused of cheerleading. You yeah. don't. You, for some reason, you don't. Thanks, Peter. Well, it was, it was, I, I, what, what you don't see in that TED talk was I was 12th up. I was TEDx rat oath. And if anyone was looking for it, if you go eight County life less, eight county mead, eight life lessons from a washing machine. And what you don't see in the video is I was the 12th of 12 speakers, 11 of who before me were amazing. So the cold sweat was running down my back. And for someone who wants to make a living as a speaker, it's, it's, you know, it's the Croke Park. It's your All-Ireland final to get there. Um, you have a script and you have an interview and I remember standing at the side of the stage and a speaker, one or two before me, the laptop broke and I thought, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to be disastrous. But th- thanks for those kind words. What, what you don't see on the video is I came off that stage, um, I sat down and I cried for 10 minutes. I mean, proper, you know, bubble snotty mm, tears. Mm. You know, the ones we like, oh, because what I put into that was months and months of, of passion and really that was, it was my life. It's, 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 you know, if you talk to someone about your problem, tearing the scab off a wound is always going to cause you a sting. It's going to hurt. But I mean, my, my, my thing was this, that I wanted people who are struggling, someone who is struggling or living with alcoholism, someone who's living with anxiety or depression to know there's a way out and there's hope. You know, like I, I sat in my garden shed, PJ, drinking four bottles of whiskey a week. Yes. You know, I, I was on my way off this planet one way or another very quickly if I kept yes. living the way I was living. And to think that I could end up on the famous red spot um, at the st- and Ted's, you know, and I, I, my, my, my family and actually even the organisers gave out to me initially because I wanted to do things differently. So anyone who hasn't time to watch the video, I'll give you the first 10 seconds. <laughs> what I did was I walked out and you know the way normally people walk out and they're very Obama-esque and they, uh, you know, they hold the hands together like the president. And so I said, right, I'll do the Irish version. So I walked out, tripped and went face first into the red spot and <laughs> hit the ground. Here's I looked the question, up. was that part of it? That was 100% part of it. Half the theatre, because it's Ireland, went, <gasps> and the other half, because it's Ireland, burst out laughing. And when I was on my hands and knees on the famous red spot, I said, there are very few things in life that I know are certain, but one is everyone in life hits the ground hard. And after you hit the ground, there's only two things that matter. One is your ability to rise back to your feet. And the second thing that matters is who's there to love you, who cares. Everything else it's just rubbish. It's that's the core of it all, and um, I think I had them in the first few seconds, PJ. Well, I think they like. <laughs> I, I I knew the fall was was staged. I, I yeah, kind of guessed. It. I did because <laughs> very I, badly, very could badly. Have been edited out of it. Anyway, no, no. But couple of th- I took a couple of notes, and a couple of the things you said, and uh, I would love to go through with you. One, sure. Life is meant to test us. Thank you. Because I think, and I'm just going to throw this out to the room, there's a there are people now who don't like being tested by life, and I don't think it's good for their resilience. Life is meant to test us. It is, yeah. You know, the, the very good friend of mine did a, did an event in the west of Ireland there yesterday. He did four marathons over four days, and he was he was very nervous and he was very anxious going into it and he was fit and I sent, he sent, I sent him a text message and he rang me yesterday to say it was the best text message he ever got from anyone it was very short I just sent him a message send him a message saying when you're walking through the gates of hell smile and he said to me the amount of times he was in bits over the four days and he just smiled because 
you know, our ability to be resilient and get through life, that's, it's so crucial, you know. And, and life is going to throw you a million challenges. PJ, I'm, I'm 55 the next two or three days, and I, I thought I'd grow old gracefully with my wife. And I'm going to tell you, and loads of men listen to this will relate this, I woke up the morning of my 50th, my hair fell out, my teeth fell out, my prostate fell out, my knees fell off. The whole, the whole shoot and shebang went in a few days, right? Mm. You have to find a way. That's what you know. That's what we do. We get around it, and and I think it, it's coming from a time in life now where you know everything is easy. You know, you want dinner, press start. You want you know, you want a friend, click add. You want to get rid of a friend, click delete. And you know, you and I both know that life is it's full of challenges. It's it's full of joy. It's full of laughter. But it's inevitable that we're going to have tough times in life. But what's not inevitable is our ability to, to keep going, to get through, you know. A lot of my listeners, Enda, are young parents or parents of young children and they're frightened for what's out there for them in the world. Yeah, you know, it's 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 shocking and I, and I hate to tell them the bad news, it doesn't end. You know, I have a 28-year-old and a 26-year-old and when they, when they go out to a nightclub, I'm still half awake in the bed. I might as well go with them because I don't get much sleep the night they're out for waiting for the key to go in the front door, you know. Uh, I thought when I had them out of the creche or into secondary school, I thought when the leaving cert was over, you know, the stress would be gone. But then we have boyfriends and girlfriends and everything else. But like I say, life life, life is complicated. You know, I I had, um, I suppose, at the end of the... it's it's. it's if anyone's trying to Google it, you know, it's important that you put in life lessons, ace life lessons at the washing machine, PJ. But mm. one, of, one of the things I said at the end of it was that, um, you know, the average person listened to your show this morning. You live 28,000 days, right? Now, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Years. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much lycra you own or how much quinoa you eat or how many times you run up and down the hill. Like, on average, that's what you get in Ireland. And it's not to be negative or not to be down about it. It's the exact opposite. I'm, I say to people in that talk, and I say to people, you know, I work full-time now as, as a motivational speaker with businesses and teams, and I say to people, you know, today is a precious day. When you get out of bed and put your foot on the ground this morning, make sure you squeeze the joy and the happiness out of today. Get as much out of it as you can, because when come midnight tonight, it's a done deal and you never do it again. But it's a limited, we have a finite amount of time. You know, it's mm. it's so, mm. so precious. I think, um, I shouldn't, I won't say his name, but there was a young journalist, PJ, you interviewed me recently and he said, uh, he said, Enda, you live your life like you're terminally ill. And I said to him, I am. And we the poor fellow nearly, yeah, exactly, but he nearly fainted. He said, oh God, my editor never told me, Jesus. <laughs> and I, I, I said, look, Canada, it's okay. I said, I am in my 50s. I'm aware the clock is ticking louder. I said, you haven't thought about it because you're in your 20s. We it's all none of us getting out of this place alive. That's the way I look at it. Listen, I, have to, I would love to talk again, and we will, but briefly, you finished the talk, and if people watch it, I sensed it. The emotions were coming. You finished yeah. with, never do average, but I want to explain in 30 seconds what you mean by shine. Yeah, so I said, never do average shine like a star. We, we have, we're put on this earth for a purpose. What makes us human is our humanity, our ability to help each other, care for each other, our ability to make a difference in our home, in our community, in our country. That's why we're here. We're not here to consume. We're not animals. We're not something inanimate. You know, we're, we're, we're spirits, and we really, really are meant to make a difference to other humans' lives. Well, the few minutes I spent watching your TED Talk made a difference to my day. So thank you, Wendy. <laughs> 
thank you. I tell, it would be great if your team could put the link up on your we'll socials to save people we'll searching it for it. But thank you so done. much, PJ. Great we'll to chat with you again, my friend. We'll speak again. Take care. That's the wonderful Enda O'Doherty. It's it's a great it's a great talk, and we will share it. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox ninety six FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Doozy if you are a rugby fan. Ireland playing South Africa, Stade de France, September 23rd. Would you like to go? Good, because we'd like to send you, you and a friend, to support Ireland on the world stage, Stade de France. How about this for a prize? My only problem is I'm not allowed to enter. And neither is anyone belong to me. We'll send you to the match to see Ireland against South Africa. Return flights... Three nights in Paris, gold category, match tickets with hospitality. I have been in the hospitality rooms in Stade de France. You don't want to miss this. Find out how you can win it. It's the ultimate rugby experience. You're starting next Monday morning, quarter past eight on Cork's 96 FM. Come here. You get stories about being utterly mortified. I mean, imagine you're going to your friend's wedding. So your friend sends you an invitation to the wedding. You're in New York, all right? And your friend sends you an invitation to the wedding. An old and dear friend. Would you please come to my wedding? I'd love to have you there for our big day. Except it's in Glasgow. And you think, that's grand, no problem, down to the Credit Union or whatever they have in New York. Borrow the flight money. So you take the flight, you fly from New York to Glasgow and then you get a taxi to Pollockshaws Pollockshaws Hall that's where the wedding of your friend Gwarav is but it's not there are two people getting married they are called Caitlin and Stephen you've never heard of them you've never met them you've no idea who they are you've flown from New York to Glasgow gotten a taxi to Pollockshaws and there's a wedding and you don't know who the hell they are. So you ask, ah, you mean Pollock Shields. So you get a taxi and you miss the speeches. And I'm thinking, what an awful Pollocks of a situation to find yourself in if you ended up in that kind of trouble. Have I thrown you? <laughs> Come in, Casey. Don't be... <laughs> She's trying not to laugh over there. <laughs> I'm awful confused. <laughs> Oh, listen, right. Now, uh, to much more serious things, the world is awash with scams all over the place. Accommodation, money, fake text messages, links you shouldn't be into, fake apps, the whole thing. What happened to you? You got, you almost got caught up in something. Yeah, so on Friday, just a text came in onto my phone, um, iMessage, and it was from 
apparently someone from a recruiting agency and they were looking for 20, I'll read it to you here, we're looking for 20 plus year olds in Canada to help app developers optimise their apps and upload content to increase visibility, exposure and app downloads. So I could work five days a week for 60 to 90 minutes a day, flexible hours and locations and I could earn 300 to 500 euro per day for 60 to 90 minutes and for more details contact so and so why would you give up your wonderful job in the newsroom for that that won't even go near what you're earning <laughs> <laughs> but anyway did you follow up on it I didn't so it's actually this is the strange thing as well that caught my eye it's a group chat right. so there's 10 other people have been texted at the same time as me and I left I left it straight away left the conversation which I didn't know I could do on iMessage but you can do that and you can report it then which I have done um, but when I went in to look at the numbers, all of our phone numbers seem to be the same numbers, but like a different little mm. variation. So, Did you spot a red flag at that stage? Oh, absolutely. I spotted the red flag as soon as it was offering me 500 euro for one hour of work. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not really totally like, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Let's talk to Avril Ronan, who is a global program manager with uh, Trend Micro, because this is just, Avril watches all this stuff. Um, but if you had followed that, have you any idea what would have ended up happening? Um, I'm not sure. So that recruitment agency is actually a legitimate agency and it has a whole page on its a website about if you can tell if we're legit or not. Yeah. Like this is in Canada, so I presume with an Irish phone number it's not legitimate. Yeah. So it's a it's a legit business. It's someone hijacking on the reputation of a legit business. Yeah. Which is even more and especially 20 sneaky. plus year olds at the moment, a lot of them are going to Canada. Yes. So it could have caught someone who's going, "Oh, that's great. Now I'm off to Canada." Yes. With a job that yeah. I only have to work 90 minutes a day. And then you're in trouble and who knows, you might end up having to pay a fee to be recruited and, and, and there you are. Okay, Katie, thanks. Uh, Avril Ronan, Global Programme Manager with Trend Micro and friend of the show for a long time. A scam, she spotted it, but what if she hadn't done? Morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's a real thing out there and there's a number of ways you can look at it. I mean, if you want to get paid, you have to give them your bank account, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She spotted so it and she got out of it. Of you getting paid? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, the first and foremost always is vigilance. So, for example, a family member of mine recently, you know, how many of us are waiting for shopping to come in the door to us that we bought online? And then you get a text message saying, you know, it's on post or something and you're there's a delay and you're not going to get the delivery unless you pay. Mm. So to you, me and Katie, we may be vigilant enough to say, hang on a second. Yeah. I'm going to go to my purchase, check the the tracking number, check to see if everything's on track, because that sounds a bit dodgy to me. But if it's someone waiting for something and they're in a panic and it's urgent and you click that link, you don't know what's going to happen. You could be downloading malware to your device, mm. malicious software. Um, the chances are it's not legitimate. And there, here's the thing that you can look when you're looking at a text or an email, the things you need to look out for are typos, misspellings, wrong spellings of things. Mm. If it says on the sender that it's unpost, hover over and look at the real email address because the chances are it's unpost at I'm trying to fool you.com 
or whatever it you know mm. the, the email address will not be from unpost um there may be a sense of urgency in the email or the text or it may feel too good to be true your gut instinct hang on now a second how mm. much for an hour's work seriously yeah and the chances of you maybe you are going to canada but they've sent that text to thousands and thousands in the hope that they'll get even 10 20 or 100 if they send it to 100,000 people yeah the chances are even if they get 100 of them they're going to make they're going to make money they're going to get something from it mm. so it's just about being vigilant, you know, and, watch and as, out for the as Katie said, a legitimate recruitment agency. And, and that's the thing. These people use legitimate brands. Like I subscribe as to, to a number of the newspapers. And I got an email for, purportedly from one of them the other day telling me that my monthly subscription payment hadn't gone through. Now, as luck would have it, I know the date it goes through. It's not due for another week and a half. And then yeah. I looked d- deeper into the email and it was the wrong email address. It was a similar looking, but the 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 page looked a hundred percent legit. Absolutely, and I mean, PJ, it's not just because I'm in this job. It doesn't mean that I'm um, immune to it. They do constant tests within Trend Micro, um, you know, to make sure that we're all still vigilant. And I've received an email that looked so like it was. It had everything. And uh, I was almost caught, mm. you know, I mean, it's it's everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, whether you're tech savvy or not. They get in there and there's so many of them coming at you mm. that at least one of them will really grab your attention because it's connecting with something real in your life at that moment. Well, one of the, one so, of the things that know, I, I, a pal of mine who works for a corporate, now he, he's in Britain, so it, it's not an Irish situation, but he works for a corporate and he said, watch this one. I got an email purportedly from the wages, you know, the account, the accountancy department yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it, we'd had a new, we'd had a new CFO appointed. So we had the welcome details from the new CFO. Two days later, there was another email came in saying that the new CFO wanted to reestablish contact with him. So could you please send on your bank details? He said it was absolutely indistinguishable from the welcome letter. Can you imagine what we get as consumers in our on our personal mobile phones? Can you mo- imagine the amount of targeted attacks companies like all over the world are being get- are getting every minute of every day? Mm. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And I think, you know, if you look at what what are they looking for, right? They're looking for your personal information, your name, your address, your email, your password, your passport number, your credit card details, your PPS number. They're looking for all of that. Why do they want it? Us as consumers. It's identity theft. They want to use your personal information without your permission to do something criminal or fraudulent. So that could be they might sell it in the dark web. Um, They want to drain your accounts. They want to apply for loans or mortgages in your name without you even realizing it. Mm. So the information, you know, we always talk about that, PJ, the information we share online is so important that we really think about what we share online. We live our lives. It has an impact. I was only having a conversation recently about, you know, the phone that's here on my hand in front of me. That is now my entire office. I used to to need a a large case to carry everything I needed for the day. This is my entire office in in my hand. That's one of my... If that phone is gone, I'm done. 
Yeah. If someone can get into it. Absolutely. I've done, I've had phone calls in my car with uh, Australia, Philippines um, and Canada. (laughs) It's ridiculous, you know, so the world is so much smaller and everything is going a lot quicker. But our information is what they're looking for, whether you're a consumer or whether you're someone working in a corporation, they're looking for information, data, your information equals money. Mm. at some point. So whether they're looking to get like that email or that text message that that person got, it's not just one recruitment agency they're using. They're using several different popular uh, recruitment agency names in the hope of credibility. That you're, well, I know them. I know who they are. And that, you know, so that's what they're doing. Um, and all you have to do is just take that moment to stop, especially if you're feeling panicked and get out of the text and go online and search it up yourself or if it's related to a purchase or if it is your bank. Mm. Like sometimes you'll get them saying we've, we've frozen your account because there's been and you don't even have a bank account with that bank. Yeah. They're trying, they're chancing their arm. Mm. And some of those text messages coming in, they're, they're sent to maybe 10 people in that one group. And if you look at who else received it, you'll see your number. And then you'll see the number after yours. So if it ended in 1883, it'll, the next one is 1884. The next phone That's number is 1883. That's what Casey said. That's what she said. They're literally yeah. scripting it and they're literally sending. So it's not that they have already got your information. Mm. It's just that they're literally, they've run a script and they're passing it out through software and they're spamming a load of phones. Throw enough muck, it'll eventually stick somewhere. What should Katie yep. do? Does she, is there anything she can, she spotted it, she got out of it, fine. But what is there anything she can do now? Absolutely. Um, so aside from, you know, the first thing is being vigilant. That is the utmost because they're going to come in different shapes and sizes, following your gut, spotting the, the errors, checking separately, not clicking a link. Do not click a link. Um, strong passwords are really important. Long, over 12, 13 digits, two-factor authentication. And we all know what that is. When you go to your bank, your password isn't enough. You have to get a special code from your text or a special code on email and put that into because they need to make sure it's really you just signing into your bank account. That's called two-factor authentication. It's a flipping nuisance, but it's for your own safety. I don't know why it's not mandatory the minute you open up your phone uh, for every app that you open. It should be mandatory. So two-factor authentication, you can set it up on Instagram, Snapchat, any app that you use. You, mm. Any website you use with an account, you can go into settings and security and go to a two-step or two-factor authentication and set it up there. It's for, it's a couple of minutes, but it's worth it. Mm. Then also, you know, if you did click a link, there's a comfort in knowing that you had antivirus software, which is called anti-malware these days, anti-malware software on any device that you use to connect to the internet, because that will stop you. If you click a malicious link, it won't allow anything to be downloaded from that website if it is malicious. So I, I can't stress the importance of that enough. And then the other thing is we've got some free tech tools, PJ, that are pretty cool. Um, and you, it'll literally do so much for It'll stop those um, scammers and phone calls from happening in the first place. So you can either do it yourself, go into your settings and go to phone. If it's an iOS device, mm. go into settings, go to phone. And I'm just looking at my phone here now. It's called, um, let's see, I had it here just a second ago. Okay. I have so many devices open. But in your phone, go to phone on an iOS. Mm. 
And then underneath it says silence unknown callers. So if you get an unknown caller, you know, uh, unknown, mm. you can turn that on. Now, the problem with that is if you've got someone local from the HSC or you've got sometimes their phone calls come through as unknown. Yeah. But what happens is you just won't get the phone call and the voice, it'll go straight through to voicemail. Through the so voice, then you yeah. get your voicemail. So that's handy. And on Android, you go to settings as well um, on your settings and your device uh, in Android. And I think it is under caller ID and spam. Okay. Okay. There's lots and you, you turn it on there. There's lots you can do so that's the, to, to protect yeah. yourself. But but still. And, and we've got free tech tools uh, as well. Excellent. Uh, PG, that'll literally stop it for can you. Can we look it up on Trendmicro's so, Trendmicro's website, yeah? Absolutely, Trendmicro.com. And the other thing, right, so say you're shopping online, right, and you go to a new website, you found some stuff you want to buy, check the reviews first. Do yeah. not shop on a website for the first time if you haven't reviewed the website by others. If anyone has had a bad experience with that website, they will be talking about it and you'll find the reviews. Do not save your credit cards to websites. Mm. Do not save them because if that website gets attacked and hacked in the morning, your credit guess what gone. information they have. Yeah. Use something like uh, you can use PayPal or Stripe, wherever you do, or just use your own credit card every time. Yeah. Um, and being a minimalist, just remember, you know, what you share online or when you download an app and put in your information, do you really need to put in all that information? Yeah. Why are you putting that in? Does it, you know, because it's mm. your data and remember your data is your personal information, which is worth money to others. These things seem to be, they, t- they seem to target a lot of what I'd call lifestyles, like people looking for work when they're moving to Canada or yeah. people looking for au pairs, people looking for childminders, cleaners. Yeah. They're lifestyle type scams. Yeah. They get in looking like or the seasonal. best offer you've ever had. Yeah, seasonal. Coming up to Christmas now, watch. Yeah. With deliveries, everyone ordering stuff online for Christmas. Watch the, the increase. So it's just pure vigilance following your gut. Like you said there, hang on a second, that doesn't normally come out till the end of the month. Yeah, but I knew that. I was so lucky you, enough you to know that. had a red flag. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I, I, you had and a red I, flag. And then I zoomed in because it was on my phone. I'd opened the email. Then I zoomed in and I saw, oh, that's not, that's not where it should be. Address yeah. one thing for me, Avril, before I let you go, because I've talked to people who've been stung and who've lost anything from a couple of hundred to a few thousand euros through doing this. And the one thing that they always say is, I felt ashamed. I felt an awful idiot. Reassure them, you're not an idiot. You know what? It's it's like a virtual violation. If you were attacked physically on the street, you'd go into the guardie or the hospital and you'd get support and you'd have people come around you and support you emotionally, physically, financially, every which way you need support. And if you have been um, a victim of identity theft, uh, this is something just as serious and just as important to to get help on uh, and to to talk to the Gardaí. Mm. Um, they're very familiar with this. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it can't get through to customer service on, you know, these social networks. Social networks don't have a customer service department because you are the customer. You are the product. You yeah. are the product. Yes. And remember that. When and, the product is free, you know, you're the product. Yeah, there's no such thing as free. And that's why, you know, things sound too good to be true. Just stop and take a deep breath and question it. You have to be sceptical. You have to put your investigator hat on and just take a stand back. 
talk to someone else even. Um, but it is so important to remember that that identity theft is a real, a very, very real thing. Uh, if I showed you the statistics, 2.4 billion email addresses are leaked every month. Mm. 2.3 billion phone numbers are leaked every month. 1.1 billion passwords are leaked every month. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a real thing. And identity theft is one in four in, in the US alone. It is becoming more and more prevalent and we need to be vigilant. Mm. Another thing that our group of people that gets caught would be foreigners who are new to a country and not familiar. Yeah. Might, have, might even have a language difficulty. They get caught. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, and, you know, I, the only benefit these days is you can translate things. You know, you've mm. got your, your translator on your phone. But um, again, it's not, it's your instinct. It's your gut. It's just not, yeah. not getting caught. And it's, it is easy, even for me working for 20 years this year, PJ, in, in Trend Micro, I can still become a victim if I don't stay on my toes with this and be vigilant, even in work even when within trend they're doing information security testing to make sure we're still vigilant. So I am always, you know, mm. paranoid anyway. Anyone but could be caught. Anybody can. All right, listen, always, always a pleasure. Avril, thank you very much and congratulations on 20 years and you spent many of those years being a great advisor to us here on the Opinion Line. So a pleasure again to talk to you. Avril Ronan, who's mm. Global Programme Manager with Trend Micro. There are scams, and there are scams, and there are scams, and they're all over the place. Here's another one. Here's another one. I hope this email finds you well. Friday night, around 11 o'clock, I got a delivery of two small double beds, including bases and mattresses, for my two teenagers. I had placed the order through WhatsApp after seeing these beds advertised on Dundeal. They were €400 each. I'm now devastated. The beds are shocking. The mattress springs are already poking through. I'm not long back from going through cancer and I'd saved hard for these beds and now they're not fit for purpose. I tried immediately to contact the company and the man involved but, and have sent text messages and WhatsApps but to no avail. I went on to Dundeal and the guy I bought them from has had all his ads removed. I just want to warn your listeners not to be foolish. Don't be foolish like me. Don't trust anyone in good faith. Try before you buy, preferably at a bed shop. I'm now left with two beds that won't last very long, but I've no other choice but to keep them. I can't afford to buy new ones. The guy's name on Dundeal was Peter. He said he was from Cavan and that he'd done numerous deliveries before me, before he came to me in Bandon. Please don't give up my name. I feel enough of a fool already for purchasing these awful beds. Love the show. Well, if you're listening to Avril there, you're no fool. You're no fool. You were targeted and caught. And if, if it is a genuine scam, you were targeted and you were caught because that's what they do. That is what they do. So you're not a fool. Absolutely not. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. Yeah, 
Lorraine and Ross in the morning. I'm getting money. Oh, money. On Cork's 96 FM. The greatest football league on earth is here. Good to add. It's a holler! The Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Go to 96fm.ie to join me, Trevor Welsh, for all the action. Energy. Saturday, I'll bring you commentary from the day's biggest games, exclusive interviews with the stars of the sport, and we'll break down all the major match day talking points. The Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Listen exclusively online every Saturday. Download the Cork's 96FM app or get the stream at 96FM.ie. Stay with scams for a while. Some are easier to spot than others. Uh, among the hardest to spot are rental scams. And a lot of people have been caught up and a lot of people have lost a lot of money. Uh, so the Union of Students in Ireland and daft.ie have come together to start a thing called Scamwatch. Uh, Laura Harmon is Executive Director of the Irish Council for International Students. And I think international students, Laura, are the ones being caught most by these rental scams. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, the Gardaí recently released statistics and they were saying that there's been a 76% increase in accommodation scams over the last four years. Um, so a lot of these in Cork, a lot of these you know, across the country. And unfortunately, students and international students are being targeted ahead of the academic term. Um, and we've seen over €5 million euros stolen from people in rental accommodation scams over the last five years alone. And those are just the ones that report. Mm. Um, so we are encouraging people you know, to be wary. You're coming up to you know, leaving cert results coming out next week now. I know a lot of students are going to be very stressed about that because they're going to be thinking, right, can I accept my course? Am I going to have somewhere to live? Um, which is becoming a primary concern for people now is, you know, where to live when they go to college almost is, is as important as getting the course these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, we have seen lots of students that have been scammed in the past and international students as well. I mean, we've been speaking to students last year who came over from Brazil um, only to realise that the property that they'd paid a deposit for and a month's rent didn't exist and they had to go back home to Brazil again. So right. they weren't even able to commence the journey that they had planned in Ireland. I suppose that's an extreme case, but it does happen. And then, you know, we see people getting scammed out of... Um, deposits um, with fake websites, um, you know, and these are very sophisticated scammers, you know, they do this for a living. Um, so people shouldn't feel foolish, you know, if they suspect a scam or if they have been scammed because mm-hmm. it does happen to people. That's why they're doing it, you know, and unfortunately a lot of them are getting away with it. So I do think there needs to be a clampdown in terms of where people can advertise, you know, accommodation. But I mean, this is a symptom of the wider housing crisis as well. I was just on daft.ie while ago, just mm-hmm. had a look, you know, in Cork just to see. And there's, you know, there's only 97 properties that are available, you know, in terms of a room to rent within a 10 kilometer radius of Cork City at the minute. Wow. And if you think about all the students, that are going to get their results next week now that are going to be trying to come to, you know, MTU, CIT, the English language students as well that are looking for accommodation. And I mean, those are just students. There's obviously other people looking to rent as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a big pressure and people are, unfortunately, these predators are taking advantage of the way the market is at the minute in terms of housing and they see an opportunity for themselves. So, mm. um, you know, we would be advising people to, to watch out. Maybe outline for me, uh, for listeners, Laura, how a typical one of these scams might work, how it might be structured. 
So in terms of structure, I mean, often they try and replicate real websites. So like daft.ie or maybe Airbnb, but um, in, they make them look almost exactly like the real websites and they put up uh, a property that mightn't even exist or a property that might they might be living in themselves, you know, but that's not actually for rent. Um, and then they would try and get money off people. And usually, you know, it would be a case of, oh, we need money now. Can you pay cash or can you, you know, can you transfer um, over revolution, you know, um, if there's a sense of urgency coming from the person and they're trying to rush you, then that's always a bit of a red flag. Um, and also, you know, if they're if they're kind of reluctant to view the property, to so show you around, they say they can only do a virtual tour. That could be a big red flag. Mm. Or if you see that their bank account is not an Irish bank account, or you know, if it if it looks dodgy, then it potentially is. Or if the if the deal looks too good to be true, you know, in terms of low rent. So I would advise people to have a look, you know, what are the average kind of prices for rent in the area. So if it looks way below that, then maybe there might be something amiss there. And um, if a deal looks too good to be true, then it potentially is. So it is okay for people to ask for, you know, an idea of the person that is um, advertising this prof- property, you know, asking for someone's name mm. and details about their company or their ID, you know, you can absolutely ask for that and getting a written contract, um, preferably signed, um, you know, in the company of another person to witness it. Um, you know, we would advise people to do that. And of course, they can contact threshold.ie, the housing charity who have yes. offices in Cork as well, um, to get free advice. And they have a helpline that's open from 9am to 9pm. And you can talk for free to one of their advisors. You might say, oh, look, this looks a bit dodgy. I think it might be a scam what do I do and they might be able to advise you on that and certainly we can do that as well in mm. the Irish Council for International Students if any anybody wants to call us You uh, mentioned you, you, you mentioned Revolut Laura and particularly among younger people student age Revolut is pretty much everything they they, 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 they hardly carry any money any, anymore they barely even carry cards they, they live over and through Revolut which makes it a very easy way to scam someone it does, and particularly if someone is messaging on WhatsApp, you know, that's what we often hear is like someone will start a conversation on WhatsApp and th- then suddenly once they've handed over the money, the person will disappear, their profile will disappear or they'll have been blocked and you can't find the person then, you know, they've completely disappeared off the radar. So, you know, getting the proper bank account details is important, not transferring over Western Union, not transferring over cryptocurrency, not handing over cash. Those are all things that we would advise. Um, and I know for maybe international students that are moving over here, it's not always feasible to go in in person and view the property. I mean, if you're yes. coming from America or Brazil or whatever. That, yeah. So getting a virtual tour or perhaps there's someone that could assist you, uh, you know, w- within Cork that could look at uh, the property for you. The international offices of the colleges do great work in advising students, you know, in, in, in UCC and MTU on maybe where where they could live. Um, they might be able to verify for students as well, you know, if this property does exist, if it's reputable and contacting the local students unions as well, of course, in the colleges, if we're talking about students. But of course, these rental scams can happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's, it's a case that we have very low supply in terms of rental accommodation, you know, within Cork, within urban areas across the country, really. I mean, the whole country, you know, I believe should be declared a rent pressure zone with the way things are going. Um, and there needs to be more purpose built student accommodation. There needs to be more social housing. We haven't been built social housing that has kept up with demand in the last decade mm-hmm. and so it's a symptom of the wider housing crisis you know and there's no there is no student accommodation strategy in place at the minute the last one expired about four years ago um so there is no long-term strategy for this and we seem to be firefighting all the time and i suppose like i was president of union students in ireland nearly 10 years ago yeah. now eight years ago and it was the same then but it's it's just worse now you yeah. know and this is 10 years later so it's like groundhog day really it's yeah. you know the media stories can nearly write themselves every every august every september That's because right. you know there's 
going to be a scramble for accommodation. You know, people are getting scammed um, and it's just getting worse. Yeah. And we really need action. Is there an, a website or a social media presence that Scamwatch has that, that we can refer people to? Yes. You can go on to um, threshold.ie, how to spot a scam. And there's a list of do's and don'ts there and red flags that you can look out for. So going on to threshold.ie's website um, would be a, a key one to look right. for. And you can follow the hashtag Scamwatch as well for, right. for more details. All right, Laura, thank you for your time. Grateful. That's Laura Herman, Executive Director of the Irish Council for International Students and part of Scam watch and somebody we know we just know somebody will be stung and stung badly over the next few weeks here in Cork because it happens all the time. Now I love it when this happens. I read an email uh, a while back from a person who was really embarrassed and didn't want to put their name on it and we have their details obviously but they bought beds two beds uh, bases, mattresses, cost 400 quid each. They were delivered by a guy uh, the other night they're rubbish the beds are rubbish um, can't contact the fellow they bought them from all of his ads are gone off done deal and, and it just smells like a scam um, we've just had a call from a businessman who wishes to remain anonymous who heard us reading out that email and would like very much to organise two new beds to be delivered to our listener now that would brighten up the darkest Monday Kitty was on from Cloyne hello Kitty you know PJ I was really down in myself and I was listening to your show to keep me company company, and I was listening to Enda and it made me realise that sometimes we just give up on ourselves this was Enda O'Doherty earlier and he made me realise to keep going keep it up PJ you have a great show great guests and he really made a difference to my day. Thank you, Kitty. And we will podcast uh, my chat with End O'Doherty. And maybe in the months ahead, we may chat again to End because, you know, <laughs> I have this thing about motivational speakers. I think some of them are just, ah, go away, let me know. But there's just something about End O'Doherty. He's just got it. And he makes you listen. And we've shared, or at least we will if we haven't already shared, the uh, link for his talk, which is, is well worth a watch and well worth a listen. This is some sad news. I note at the weekend, tributes to the former president of the FAI, Tony Fitzgerald. He passed away at the age of 80 at CUH. He was a native of Belafahan, became president in July 2014, having dedicated his entire life to grassroots Football and may he rest in peace. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Asked you earlier on this morning, is there a place that you have discovered and thought, wow, why didn't I know about this before? And I'll be back here again. How the hell did I live until be this many years old and not discover this place before? And I have to say, I love West Cork. And as you know, Baltimore is one of my favourite places in the world. I go there a couple of times a year. But only about 10 or 12 miles away is a place that was featured in so many newspaper articles recently. I said, do you know what? I have never been there. I've never set foot in Castle Townsend. And it's been talked about as one of the most charming places in all of Ireland. 
through The Guardian and through other newspaper articles, Fergus O'Mahony owns Marianne's Bar, which is one of the uh, the places to see in Castle Townsend. Good morning, Fergus. Good morning. How are you? Very good. And I'm almost ashamed to say I've never set foot in your wonderful uh, little place. That will change. That, I, I am. <laughs> that will change very soon. I know, yeah. To, to find yourself splashed all over major newspapers. Oh, sure. Like we've been, we've like we have a, a bar restaurant, and we're in over far international guys. But yeah. the Guardian a piece on this earlier in the year, and I think the Star picked it up in the last number of days. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, that is a special place. Like I'm born and bred here from the Midlands Hill, but uh, if, if you turn the corner just down and all you see in front of you is the hill going. Yeah. And we're at the, the two trees are on kind of the half of the village and Mary Ann's to the right of that. And you go straight to the castle and the coast and, and the fish key. And if you turn right to two trees, you go to the coast guard station and the western key. So mm. There's only about 200 people living here, yes. but it's a special place. It's a tiny little place. And oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, it's nice. It's not a place whose name you're going to see up on billboards or whatever. So to, well, you see, our, the Irish Rim was was created by two people who lived in Castledowns, and Edith Summerall and, Mar- really? and Martin Ross. Yeah, they came from Castledowns. Drishan House, the Summerall home, is uh, just outside the village. Yeah, and that was the and that was where they where they lived. Martin Ross died a lot oh younger than Edith Summerall, and Edith Summerall was the organist in the Church of Ireland Church of the Bottom of the Hill for forty years. <sighs> You know, and they're buried at the back of the church uh, and there's also a mass grave to Lusitania victims uh, mm-hmm. in the graveyard and there's an oar to one of the lifeboats just inside the door of the church, wow. the church. It's a, and there are two very famous Harry Clark windows in that church Is it true you that know? you have the last working phone box? <laughs> it's still there It's still there But it's not we're, going to, we're actually going to try and use it now uh, for a defibrillator machine I see. Put it in there, put it in there. But the thing is still painted, the colours of the, what do you call it, the old, uh, what do you call it, air com. Yes. The, the yellow, yellow, and, yellow and green. Oh. So it's still there. Yes, yes. And there's a petrol, we got a, we got an antique petrol pump. We don't have any petrol in the village, but there's an antique shell petrol pump just outside the shop. Ah, uh, how cool is that? And there's just, is there just the one shop? Yeah, just one shop, Pat McGuire shop. <laughs> uh, on the top on the side on the left hand side you come down guys food store and it's Beth McGuire runs that. Yeah. Have you had because there's a lot to visit, like your yes. own place included, have you had a decent season? The weather's been yes. rubbish. You know, the weather's had... been rubbish. The mm. weather's been rubbish. And the cost of everything's gone through the roof. You yeah. know, like there's like a pint of milk or a litre of milk your farms are getting twenty cent and the pint pound of butter is still two ninety nine. Yes. And then they're putting up the VAT rate from 9% on the 1st of September. And it's going to be 4.5% on electricity, gas, mm. hospitality. It's just going to put up the inflation rate again. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah. I, I, you know, I was chatting to the VFI about it there a week yeah. or two ago. And, you know, Michael was saying how people who do a bit of food, you're going to have yeah. to put... Like, I would think one of the loveliest, one of the things I want to do when I get down there in yeah. September is to go and have a bite to eat and a drink and a wander around. Even yeah. that simple pleasure is going to go up. It has well, to go it's, up. It's, it's, if they put up the VAT rate by 4.5%, we as business people will have to also get our margin on that. So, mm-hmm. like, it's going to put, it's going to put in the roof. 
we spoke about this in February to other people. Mm. And thank God the government had the cop on not to put it up. Mm. They've also got 66 billion in corporation tax. What more do they want? It's true, you know, and every so often you hear Michael McGrath or Pascal Donoghue yeah. saying how much of a surplus we have and how much, oh, yeah. you know, Michael McGrath, because he's an accountant by profession, he can yeah. predict the surpluses. And, so, and you're saying, Minister, that's fine. That's brilliant. But why is why is Fergus having to put up yeah. the price of a sandwich? Yeah. And you also, you see bed and breakfast, like hotels. Yeah. Like people say, oh, hotels have got expenses. Look at the price of electricity. The gouging that's going on for electricity is unbelievable. You know, they're charging way over the odds for it. We own ESP. Why don't they just say, we're taking all your profits? Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But you come here, this village of Castle Townsend is a very special place. You know, over the years we had the Irish Rim was made here. Oh, sorry, the Irish Rim was made, but we had a festival of Irish Rim. The the Graham Norton book, part of it was filmed in Castellan, right across from Mary Ann's. Ah, was, the old right. police yes. station was there. Yes, holding. And uh, so, like, and we've had loads of films. We had um, Edina Mazel, she was in for lunch two years ago in the garden. And I said to her, Go on, sing it. You, you, didn't, it. you like, didn't, did you? I, I said to her, Go on, I said, sing it for us there. <laughs> but, but she was a lovely, lovely woman. You know, we've had, we've had Bono, we've had Evan Clayton, we've had all the lots of the YouTube people. Robert Plant. Oh, really? Was here about 25 years ago, and he, he, had, he was staying in Rocket House, and he had dinner up there, right. but one night he had to come down early. Right. And so I sat, him, I sat him with two locals, being two good characters. And I said, uh, and I said to her, you know, this is Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. And she replied, who the F's Led Zeppelin? <laughs> and your man said it, it was the funniest thing he ever heard. You know, and he had a fantastic week. But it's a place apart because it hasn't changed. Right. Like our pub is going, goes back to 1846 and it's still an antique bar. You know, right. and we, like food is our business. But like what he call it, it's 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 a special place. I'm going to my forty second year next year, and this will be my last year because I've survived four cancers. My wife's just got over breast cancer, so look, we we're we're just taking stock at ourselves. Right. But there's no place like Castle Townsend. Well, I will we'll, see. And you. we have a great football team as well. Have so you? look. I'm not letting another year of my life go by without oh, going down to visit well, your Well, we'd be delighted place. to see you and you'll get a great welcome because Castellans and you'll have to, if you're into football you'll have to call into Best in the Shop because you know that, is the, that is the mind of football in West Cork. I'll do that. Fergus, thank you. Fergus O'Mahony, the owner of Mary Ann's Bar in Castletown's End, a place I have never been and I will put that right over the next month or so because I'm heading down to, to Baltimore for a weekend and I'll find the beautiful Castletown. The place that I was saying, I was today years old when I discovered it, was Lochine and a swim in Lochine. I did it last September and I look forward to doing it again this September. It's bloody cold, but it's marvellous. Uh, that's another little gem that I found. Right, uh, Lorraine and Ross in the morning, back tomorrow from 6am. They have details, more details on the ultimate rugby experience. You could be topping up your bank account on the two grand minute. And who who was auditioning? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Who was auditioning for the Rose of Tralee co-host gig? No, it wasn't me. 
It certainly wasn't me. I think that's it. We're done. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. We put all your different podcasts up throughout the course of the afternoon. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. We'll chat to you tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.